So, it's 1.03 in the morning. Yay! We've been at it for what? Six hours? Five hours. If five and been, a half hours. If you've been following episode uh, 18 and 19, we've been going through three found footage films that we think are really terrific. We are ending it. This is our third and final chapter. What's the year on this? It's 2018. And it's the writer-director is? Eric Christ, uh, Christopher Myers. Eric Christopher Myers. Huzzah! At 1 a.m. on September 15, 2022, Evan and Paul began recording a podcast on the film Butterfly Kisses. The movie itself, God, I'm trying, I feel like, oh God, it's really hard to pin down. I'm getting a little angry because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't want to lose the thread here um, of the story, but I feel like it's the story is just so hard to. After an hour and 20 minutes, they stopped, threw out what they had and started again. Behind me stands Ilchester Tunnel, a throughway for the B&O Railroad for over a century. But for the past 80 years, it has become something far more sinister. There's no cuts. There's no retakes. There's no calling for action. There's absolutely no evidence to suggest that somebody is directing them. We have the possibility that this whole thing is real. And we have the possibility that this whole thing is uh, largely plausible hoax. If you're working with all these elements, you can journalistically speaking you can construct your own story out of whatever footage you choose to to, to put in there Tear him up! episode 20 butterfly kisses to make this less confusing yeah we're gonna go through the three sections separately and then tie as, them as together if, as if they were right. yeah as if they were linear right more linear right so, so we'll start with sophia's film right. now this is the main I don't know what we can use from earlier, so let's go. The basis of the entire film of Butterfly Kisses the, is the found footage. Right. It's the, me, it's the meta, it's the high concept, and it's the core footage that's used by Gavin and then Eric. Right. And it's a student film. It's the student film made in 2004 by two film students, Sophia and Feldman. To simplify it, it's about a local urban legend about a character named Peeping Tom. The way it's presented to us in the film, we see them explain the legend, show that the town is very right. aware of the right. legend. The first, thing they, the first thing they do is basically go, do what anybody would do. Well, you know, here's the town. Right. Here's Il- Ilchester. Uh, it's a small town in Maryland. And they has, there's this local... Le- and they show shots of it. And they're shooting everything in grainy black and white, which is very artsy and very realistic for film students because they all think that lends something to it and it's really smart because it helps you differentiate the footage instantly Uh, also their footage being more corrupt really works and from 10 years before so we we get that we get that time jump we we uh, we always can identify their footage the first things we really see is them asking local people about this the legend of peeping tom which is a great sequence of quick cuts of people going, oh, yeah, oh, and, you know, they have, and, you know, what we're getting is the edited interviews with literally people on the street. Yeah, who literal are, locals. Literal locals. They're called the man of the street interviews in the credits. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kids and adults and old timers who all chime in about, you know, like if somebody were to go out in Jersey or Staten Island and talk about Cropsey. Right. You know, or uh, somebody would talk about the hook horror in a local town or, you know, let's talk about uh, the Loch Ness Monster. You go to the locals right. and there's a bunch of people who really, really right. believe it, the, even though it's nonsense. And, and Peeping Tom has a bunch of different names that gives an authenticity Which, to it. It's something that 
Myers does throughout the film that I really admire is that he exhausts a lot of possibilities. The movie talk about these things or act about these things. How does an urban legend really get stretched around? And they say some things that are like slightly contradictory, but they all know somebody who knows somebody who right. and, saw him. And it feels authentic. You feel like it, this could be a I bunch of kids yes, out on the street they, getting they, Because they literally are kids out on the street. They're just, they're locals. None of these people are actors that they use in this sequence. They talk about this 80-year-old legend that uh, the tunnel that was built to connect the B&L Railroad is 100 years old. And at some point, 20 years out, now there's no disaster or murder or anything like a lot of these things have. <laughs> sure. But somehow the story got around. If you stare at the tunnel at midnight for an hour without blinking, this character, Peeping Tom, will appear on the far end of the tunnel. Then every time you blink, I don't know if they reveal it right here, but that's not. Yeah. But the rest of the legend is when you blink, he will get closer to you. Right. When you blink, you have to blink. It's got that perfect urban legend right. kind of like inevitability. And that the butterfly kisses connection is he'll be so close. And when you try not to blink so he won't get you, his eyelashes. He has these extraordinary creepy long eyelashes that will tickle your eyes and make you blink. And then you're dead. And the way one old timer explains the fact that nobody can prove this is, well, of course they can't prove it because everybody who saw him is dead. How can you ask for witnesses? The witnesses die. Is right. it, you know, so th that's circular logic and nonsense. But it's a great buildup, and it's a great, it's a, it's, it's a great core for the right. rest of the movie. And, and, I love what they did and, with that. And I think that the Peeping Tom legend is so silly and ridiculous; it feels real, yeah. as opposed to yeah. a constructed no it, Hollywood it, 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 urban it's, legend. It's not. Yeah, there is not. They they don't ascribe a real look to him. They're not giving him cool weapons. Yeah. He doesn't have a. Other than the eyelashes, there's nothing to him. And, yeah, it's simple and dumb, and that's perfect. It's a perfect scare the locals from going to the tunnel. Right. Maybe that's because that's the only thing that makes sense mm. is that somebody makes up these legends to make you stay in. But they told us Cropsey in my summer camp. I sure as hell stayed in my. I didn't <laughs> want to get out of the bunk. And the counselors would would some of the counselors that on watch would. Bang into the bunk and scratch on the outside wall to scare us. Even as illogical as it, these things are, they really work. They're just there's a reason people love Slenderman mm. and all that stuff because the you know uh, the black-eyed children and stuff like that because there's a, just a core of creepiness to these characters and enough people start talking about it and start spinning this stuff and then there's, there's people who believe this shit which never made sense to me <laughs> right never made sense there's people who believe Peeping Tom is a real urban legend now one of the things I also like about the believability of the, the mythos in the, in the movie is summoning him is a ridiculous act that can't simply happen you have to stare at him and in fact nobody can do it right you have to stare at this tunnel at midnight for an hour without blinking which then brings us to the, uh, I think the next segment in, in that we see in their film is they, they try to get people to do it because people go, you can't do that. Right. They, they speak to an eye specialist. Who, who is, it's this delightful thing like, I don't think that's possible. He's, he's like know, laughing about it. 10 or 15 he's just, minutes. Uh, and... Yeah. And then they end up getting a guy to try it because they really. They right. Who is, who is announced as like the, he's the. The uh, unblinking champion. He's, 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 well, there are staring contests. That's what's funny. I mean, they, they, the thing is, there's always a nugget of truth to these stupid yeah, things. Yeah, there's point for everybody. There's always a ridiculous little bit of kernel of truth to all the dumb shit that Myers puts in this. 
But then he, he actually undercuts even his best on purpose. He will undercut. He goes, yeah, you blink it for an hour. Wow, that's a great... Eric, that's such a cool urban legend. And then the next thing you see is a guy going, you can't fucking do that. Right. Right. An eye guy is telling you can't do it. And then they show you that a guy who's won staring contest, I think he lasts 15 minutes. And he starts going crazy. He starts actually wigging out. Well, but you wonder if he's actually flipping himself out. Well, here's one of but the But I things. think he goes like 14 minutes. I'm not... But it doesn't matter. Right. Can't do it. Well, one of, and one of the things, things people say is, what the fuck are you supposed to see after not blinking right. for an hour? Well, Maybe you'll... You'll see shit. You'll see dragons and right. shit. What I like about it is that each segment of the film raises questions and answers them. It doesn't, it's not necessarily a plausible answer because a lot of this stuff's crazy and you don't know who's telling. After a while, you really, you know, some of these things can't be answered, but yeah. Uh, so here's the urban legend. Why doesn't any, well, who's seen them? Well, they're all dead. Mm. Uh, well, can you blink like, well, nobody can blink like that. And I think they have what is a fantastic answer. There are so many good choices. There's so many interesting problems, uh, problem solving uh, uh, plot points and things. How can they find somebody to look for an hour? They can't even prove, they can't make this movie if they don't at least go an hour without blinking. Right. So and they come up with the idea that the camera could be the eye. Feldman, who's the the camera guy he's an expert with ca with, with cameras her partner in this film is portrayed as a fuck up and a slacker he knows his stuff when it comes to the camera tech he's got a lot of cameras she's got she's an ambitious director who doesn't want to learn the te learn the 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 camera through the outtakes and and some of the non-documentary footage that they make we start to see their their uh, relationship uh, for uh, change and get into their personalities. But yeah, he, Feldman's like, we will have the camera run for an hour. They argue about, is the aperture this? Yeah. Is this the she does, and he goes, you don't know what this, you don't even know what that is. It, it's really funny. <laughs> you start seeing the break between them during this sequence. You start seeing the uh, tension right. between them during this sequence. He's like, she's becoming dismissive of him. Her intention is get this film made and get somewhere with it. He, he seems to want to, just kind of figures shit out and you know right. he wants to get it made but you know he's getting annoyed with her attitude but they so they see he sets the camera up on the on the opposite trestle of the bridge and they leave it open and she's filming him right filming the bridge she has a camera and at the end of it he seems annoyed and she said what do you see and he doesn't say anything what do you see and he doesn't say anything and he goes to close to the close, viewfinder. close the viewfinder. She goes, "Don't close it," and he does. Yeah, and you start to wonder. Well, you get the sense that maybe Feldman thinks, "Okay, nothing happened. Time to go." Or he saw something weird, but it turns right. out he didn't see anything. He's, right. He he didn't see anything. Like in all good films where they find footage, they go look over the footage, mm. and he gets excited. So now we also have her filming Feldman looking at footage. We have a lot of that sort of thing going yeah. on right now. People looking at the, at the footage on a computer. And they find that they do have something. Right. The, and there it, is something. It's a, it's a very interesting, effective shot. I really like this. Where it a almost lot. looks like there's a figure. He keeps. Reversing. I think he keeps. Uh, he has to keep zooming in right. and trying to clean it up because it's really. Hands. Shitty. Right. It, it looks like. It's nighttime with shitty equipment. It almost looks like a, a figure is floating up through the tracks. Yeah. It's or like. Unmelting. It, it, materializes from the ground up they do a good job of it i mean mm. it's obviously it's a computer effect but it has this 
specter-like quality. Right. It's a it's a Babadook kind of looking thing. Yeah. It's a it's a because I guess you know eighty years ago I don't know if that I, because they never talk about the background of the character. Or no, we have no but idea. Peeping Tom is a kind of weird chap in a long coat and a top hat. top hat or beaver hat kind of thing. Yeah, old old timey looking dude, and and you know gothy, and yeah the way that he kind of fill he kind of rises up and materializes up. It's kind of neat because it, 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 I don't know how else they could have done it to be effective because if he just kind of shimmered in or anything like that. But it's this really weird effect and also it gets this, the closer in that Feldman gets on the footage, the grainier, the more we get that weird spirit photo creepiness. They see something, they're excited. Now, here's one of the few things I'll come across. is that There's two things here. One, if I saw this happen, I would shit a brick, I think. Or think that somebody's fucking with me. They're they're excited. They're a little weirded out, but I feel like they're they're you know I, I would have liked to have seen more of a reaction of, I mean this 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 happens eventually, but personally, if I was looking for some urban legend ghost character, and I found evidence of him, I wouldn't sleep that fuck. I'd be really fucked up. Right. Now, for, uh, I understand that they're excited at first and this and that, and the other thing being that one thing that I find is a problem with. Uh, the student film. It's the only aspect of the film where you're aware of the acting. The two people, the two actors who play Philman and Sophia, I think are the only ones who come off as acting. They don't come off as very natural in a lot of scenes. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes where I feel I feel like that that's a drag on those sequences. Um, everybody's so natural in the rest of the movie. Right. So I do think that that takes away from some things, but it doesn't. But it's also the the probably the shortest amount of footage you see compared to it's weird because you know it's funny i saw people saying that this movie is long and this or that and i'm like it's only an hour, it's an hour and a half mm. it feels like it's longer because it packs so much yeah. in the editing on this film is terrific mm. uh, I mean, we should talk about that afterwards because we're, we're on better track i think this is a really great idea that to break the segments up and 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 present the stories and then we'll talk about it right. afterwards uh after they see that well, I'm they, trying to remember exactly well, what they did. I don't know if the order, but we're going to get them visited a folklorist. That's right. And visiting their their teacher. That's the film. That's class, right. Their professor. They go to they go to visit a writer, folklorist. We see. We do get to see some of that footage. Not a lot. No. Because he's more important to Gavin's segment. This is also where I basically when you were saying this is a film for me. Yeah. When we meet the folklorist and we later find out who he is. Right. Because, again, we don't know who he is at this point because right. they have not done... They don't, they don't introduce these characters, or at least we don't see the... Actually, they don't because people would have known. But they, they don't do the documentary thing of listing the person's name and their profession or, or area It's interesting. We do get title... We do get that in Eric's segment. All the people yes. introduce are yes. their names and their professions. Yes. Because Eric made a real film. <laughs> right, stuff. right. And the thing is, since we uh, meet him, we are going to meet the folklorist later. But we, they don't really show their interview. They cut a few parts of it in. But he basically, they just talk about the Peeping Tom legend. All right, that the Peeping Tom legend is... He just, he just adds... Right. But there's nothing corroborative of like the reality of it or anything like that. No, he, he, because he literally writes books... And here's the thing. It turns out, because he's a... The real Matt Lake. Matt Lake, who edited 
some of the weird New Jersey magazine based weird US books. Right. Pennsylvania and Maryland, I think. Yeah. And I'm like, this is for me. I found my hole. It's right. like the Junji Ito story. Because if you're going to make a documentary about this kind of shit and you pull out one of the guys from Weird US, you, you know your sh- you know what I mean? Yeah. You got your geek credentials and you've got the right. It just, it worked for me. So I was just like, so, plus just seeing copies of Weird New Jersey and shit like that. I mean, you know, we went to one of the talks. Uh, right. I've, I, I've, I've, I've I driven around Ma- New yeah. Jersey with, with issues to look for weird shit. I love, I love Weird New Jersey magazine. My kid read all my copies of it. It's something that I've used for my writing and, and it just was like, but it also, what it does is it also adds that level of authenticity that we mm. talked about in Lake Mungo because Here's something that we're actually familiar with. We don't know these actors, but we know these people. And then, yes, they go to uh, they go to present their footage. Once they, and this makes sense. Once they find evidence, uh, now, now do they have? They do have the footage. They do show yeah. Matt Lake the footage. That's right. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, that's very clever." Yeah. I think it's he doesn't believe it. No, he thinks that it's. Well, I don't because, remember how deep it gets with that, but he goes, "That's really right." That's really I, interesting. I think again. You have to realize that if this is in the real world, you would not believe this. No, and that, but that's, but that's what they do here. Right. They, uh, Eric Myers is like, what if you found real footage? Nobody would believe you. Right. Because there's no Blair Witch. So he basically just goes, oh, I don't really know if we get much of their reaction because really that's important later. Right. With Gavin. It, 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 and then when they show their film teacher, they film. And they the film teacher's professor. like. Essentially, like, oh, that's a clever effect. And there's an do. interesting a- angle to when they they go to the film teacher in that they can't get complete answers out of it's it's a, it's a, it's an interesting way to deal with several things at once. One, Feldman has to film all of these things. Feldman films Matt Lake watching the footage. Feldman films the professor. I think her name is Wolf. I can't remember, uh, but their their film professor. Um, she doesn't want them being. She's like, why yeah, she, are you filming me? And yeah. she's, she's she's antagonistic right off the beginning, and not she's mad, and that seems to color her critique. One, she doesn't believe the footage. Is, she goes, "You've done a very clever thing here," but two, she's really annoyed with them. So sentences are bitten off, and things mm. don't get finished. It's almost like an encapsulation of what happens later on with Gavin. She knew what their thesis was that they were right. going to try to explore this urban legend. Obviously. She never thought that they were going to try to prove that it's real. She was. They were going to do what they were doing. Interviews, not the whole schmageg yeah. with a fucking preacher showing up or whatever, <laughs> right. or a boogeyman. And she's praising them at first. She's like, this is really clever. She's like, you're taking this in a fictional direction now. Obviously, this isn't a doc. You're, you're making a very clever horror film. And Sophia says, no, this is real. On the face of it, Sophia and Feldman are believers now i don't know what they expected because that's not kind of kind of explored but the fact is they fucked around and they found out and now they're like look at this and the film professor is like that's not real and matt lake is that's not real so they're getting worked up and this segment also involves some movement of the camera as she's telling feldman get the wolf the professor saying Please stop filming me. I think she makes them move the camera. What we next find out, and this is interesting, Feldman has looked at the footage. Yeah. And he has realized his theory is not that the camera worked as the eye. Right. 
and that if you look at this footage, you can see glimpses of Peeping right. Tom. He's caught. He's caught, he's the the Flimmerngeist, the thing that you see out of the corner of your eye, the right. the flicker spirit. This is building on the the cool high concept of the uh, of the camera as an eye that the every time they turn the camera off it counts as a blink right so now we get i don't remember if he speculates that or if it's because he, he catches no. a glimpse of uh peeping tom in in, in some of the footage that they've shot right. since you, the train you 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 see him, you see peeping tom show so, up when they go to matt lake's house you see him show up when yeah, he's, he's he's like in the distance behind a tree or something. Like she's that. she's driving or he. he well, that's the that's I well first first we see him in, in the distance as they're approaching Matt Lake's house. Then we see him on a building across the street from the film school. Right when the when he's moved the camera off of the film professor, and then I think he appears again in a new position in those shots because he had to turn the camera off. He was shooting Sophia while they were driving somewhere and Blinkman is on this is they pass him kind of like the hitchhiker <laughs> in the hitchhiker story. He's in he's in the distance just standing there. Finding him appearing in the footage taken since he first appeared yeah, and since his, the tunnel. And and Feldman's theory is if the cam if the camera is the eye Every time you shut off the camera and it's turn it on, blink. it's a blink. Which is, it's which terrific. I love. It's terrific. And to jump ahead, I want to just, I want to pin something there on the sure. camera maybe or something like that. In that, I love that concept. I love, I love the, the, eye, the, the camera and all that. As it plays out in the full film, in the, in the full movie Butterfly Kisses, I'm like, thumbs up to that concept. And obviously Myers likes the concept because so much of the film hinges on it because he not only gets the urban legend, but he figures out how to defeat the impossible angle on calling this idiot up. And then you get the impossible angle that the thing exists. The very next interview, once they uh, bring this up, that Feldman's, Feldman's concept is a guy basically going, that doesn't work. <laughs> I think it's the film critic or the film editor. They're like, camera's not going to work like an eye. <laughs> so basically... My, I love that Myers constantly comes up with what I think are these really cool concepts and undermines them because everything is ridiculous. Right. And the reality would be that people would go, that wouldn't work. Mm. But he does it at the expense of, like, it, it's almost like he pisses on his own ideas. And I just think that's really funny. Whereas most filmmakers, like in the Gavin character, would be so proud of coming up with all these ideas. And he has... He basically just has people go, nah, that wouldn't. It's so funny how he <laughs> brings these things up and then immediately shoots them down you know, in the context of the film. It's really cute. They talk in a restaurant. They're talking a, there's a shot in a restaurant where he's talking to her about, I think they are talking about the ramifications now. They're starting to realize if he's real, we've opened up a Pandora's box. And I think that's one of the things where they're talking about it. And she, I forget what's going on. She's showing it. And they see, he ends up, he's in the footage of that too. And what eventually happens is Fellman decides to do a test. He's going to test his theories. Right. And what he's going to do to test his theories is he's going to set up a camera. on a, Like a football field right. or a big field, yeah. And he's going to turn it on and off. 
calls it the blink test. Or right. Something and like he stands in front of the camera. You know what he does? He does this version of the clip of the clapboard. I don't think anybody mentions it like this, but I realized what they were trying to get at. He puts his, he sticks his face in front of the camera. He, he, he appears in the camera and he goes, blink test one. And basically that's like his clapboard. And then... He, he, when he moves away, we see... Peeping Tom about 100 yards right, away and, or something and, like that. Somewhat silly looking. At yeah, this point. it's a little yeah. silly. Oh yeah, because it's like it's like you know Robert Smith or you know somebody <laughs> just decided to show up in Maryland on a cold day and he's just going right. boop boop boop. You know, it, yeah, it, and he does a series of tests which are shown in rapid succession. Blinkman test eighteen, and Blinkman is almost like uh, uh, stop motion animated. Right. It's not that so fast, every time. But he... yes, his theory that shutting the camera off. Now, me, I would have been like, after the first four... Yeah, I wouldn't have done all those. I'd yeah. be like, I'm going to get drunk. Right, I'm going to... You know, I'm like, this is too... This is fucked. There's a, there's a specter right. on my... Well, well, here's the thing. He doesn't know that at the time. It only shows... you can't. He doesn't see it until he sees the footage. Right. Uh, but yeah, I would have only done like maybe five, four, two... Right. Who knows how many times you are allowed to blink. Right. Um, That's not... Because it's so... The, the whole urban legend is... Lucy Goosey, you right. don't fucking know. He proves it. You know, if on the face of their footage and of everything being real, he proves that the, the, the camera is acting as a lens, as, a, as an eye. We're eventually getting to the culmination of Sophia's and Feldman's part of this, but we get some interesting other little things. Well, also, as the uh, two of them are becoming stressed, things get worse. Well, I was going to say, you know, before then, we get into yeah. Feldman's fall... Right. One of the things that I don't want to forget is that Sophia, with Feldman, made the something earlier that, film? that yeah. made an award, yeah. that won yeah. an award. Yeah, there's there is footage covering the fact that they made a, a, sm a shorter documentary that won an award. This serves two purposes. On one, on a small thing, is that they, they didn't give the award to Feldman, only to her. Yeah. And she kind of laughs about it. Right. She didn't even know. She had she, no idea. She got her award. She got an award. And assumed he did. And assumed he did, and she kind of laughs, I think, you know, when she shows it. And that award is uh, in her room. It's it, We actually see it in the opening footage when she's talking about, show this to my parent, you know, the, the, the final solution footage. It's hanging on, uh, on the wall near her. But the other thing is that, should we collapse the footage, where basically it later end up revealed that, they faked, it was a documentary, but they used a, they had an actor portray somebody. Right, so they, they talk about a, a scene that didn't go the way they quite right. wanted I forget to. what it was, I didn't quite get yeah, what their I, movie was about. Right, I, and, and it kind of didn't, it didn't click to me that it was that important. But it's, um, not to give anything away, it's a little broadcast newsy. We find out of an earlier piece they did, they faked a segment yeah. to get more of an emotional impact. Right. They had an actor portray somebody. They couldn't get what they wanted, so they they, they, faked, they it. faked it. Oh boy, what does that mean? Right. And that that has implications later on. Right. When people question the authenticity of the Peeping Tom student right. film. I guess at this point what we've got is we've got uh, you know Feldman is deteriorating. Right. It is getting to him. He's obsessed with this. And he keeps shooting this material, and he's terrified mm. at the same time. You know, it's like he can't, he's compulsive, but he can't, he can't seem to stop 
doing what he's doing, but he's, you know, he's clearly emotionally wrecked. There's a rift. The rift is growing between the two of them. Right. Here's an interesting angle is, is Feldman's um, notebook is right. introduced. Right. Feldman has kind of figured out a way to fake stuff if it doesn't work. Yeah. F Feldman talked, has talked about doing some stuff. There was footage from when they were doing the, tr the, the, I think that it's from when they were doing the original shot at the bridge. We see this later in the film that Feldman introduces the idea of we can do something. Right. She's like, you mean special effects, I think? And he's like, mm. right. and we don't get it. We don't get. So there's another right. and, and, notch against the, 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 the Peeping Tom original film. But she finds they get into an argument and he walks out. She opens up his a notebook that he has that I think says Peeping Tom or Butterfly Kisses on the notebook. I can't remember. This becomes an important thing later on uh, in more than one way. Sophia, this, I think this is a really great angle, is that as things progress and people are doubting the veracity of Gavin's claims about this film, they are doubting the veracity of Sophia's intent on this film. Sophia is given a reason to doubt Feldman and what he's because doing. Because if you she realize, finds a notebook that has what looks like concept art and storyboards and remember, for the film they're making. Remember, you don't see anything when they're filming. Yeah, they see it after Feldman has had right. the footage, and she hasn't seen if anything's happened. So now she's like, "Holy shit, is Feldman fucking with me?" Right? Is he? And what a laughing stuff she'll be. Right. She worries right. about that. So she's got two worries now. She actually says it like kind of into like a diary thing. She's like, either this is real and we've got this this problem with this with peeping Tom, or I have no film and Feldman's fucking with me because he's contriving all the stuff that he's showing me to fuck me over. And she's like, she can't even seem to decide which is worse. You know, that there's this, this boogeyman coming closer to them or that Feldman's been lying to her and her film is ruined. Yeah, I, I love that. Mm. I love that we, that we've got you know wheels within wheels. Right. What's interesting about Sorry. that though is that it kind of points towards Sophia. Like we don't know anything. We don't know anything. I mean, eventually we do. Right. This is still a genre movie. Really, the thing is, yeah, there's a peeping tom. Yeah, there's a monster out there. Okay, you know, it's not it's not that kind of movie. But everybody in the movie is given plausible deniability to 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 just go bullshit. We, as the f people watching this all from the outside, are getting extra information uh, in some ways. But um, that's possible pointing to her that she believes this, that she's not fucking around because there's, a, there's all these accusations being thrown at them because one, they have, they have faked a document, part of a documentary. And two, they have had conversations about possibly fixing stuff in post if they have to. Uh, but when she finds this thing, I mean, that she believed it, I guess. It definitely gives you more things that you have to think about. Yeah. What's really going yeah. on. Unless, of course, you, you look at this and just think that, that their supporting footage, their diary footage, and their behind-the-scenes footage is part of the bullshit. Right, right. It's one reason why also some people like, kind of go, the fact that the actors in the student film can be kind of stiff kind of works because... If you want people to think that, you know, that people look at this and can go, they're acting. Right. The, the, the acting being obvious in some scenes actually works for the, the hoax supporters. So, yeah, he, she's found this out about him. The two of them are practically at odds. And Feldman 
is kind of losing it and he decides that he's come up with a way of stopping, stopping him. This. He he realized that it's gone too far. They're You're they're gone too far. they're going to be he's 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 being stalked and he's got yeah, he's got a plan. When there's a scene I think that we have a scene that I didn't understand at first, but I, we have a scene where she shows up at his house and he starts explaining some things to her and she says basically it answers the question why don't you just turn the camera leave the camera off hmm. it'll be it'll be stuck and he says something like you don't think i've tried that i went to sleep i i put the camera in the basement yeah i closed it up i bought but you know i wake up the camera's camera's set up next to me and it's on which i was trying to figure you know i did not this is the thing that i missed the first time was this is the first indication of peeping tom actually having right. an effect in the real world other than him just appearing right. and coming to get you. We should mention that during this uh, footage, uh, at some point they mention they have all these tapes and they say, I need a box for this tape. Yeah, there's a really a obvious scene. There's awkward. a real There's a real Chekhov's cardboard yeah. box where right. somebody goes, we need a box for this tape. And it's the same box that the tapes are found in later on and it, it looks like a complete fiction setup of a it's scene just, it seems like a, it does not work yeah in a, in, in a reality type it way. does, this not, does work. not look real it absolutely supports the this is bullshit right. crowd uh that say that because it really does look like they're that they're basically you know did you see that did you see the box that you know is convenient to be found later in that box and so she, that's right she comes to his house because she wants the tapes and we learn that he's got this plan, that he's going to... He, well, he lets her know that he basically tells her, he goes, I don't want to use the camera. I, it's nothing I can do. He has to get rid of Peeping Tom somehow, and it can't be by putting the camera away. Right. And That's he, the obvious thing to do is stop. Right. And the he, camera and, stops blinking. Right. If, and, if his, it, and his plan involves a hammer. Plan and, involves and multiple camera him. setups. Now, what, what's the footage that we've seen? There's, a, there's, there's interesting sequences where we see him sleeping or trying to sleep on a couch in a room and we see Peeping Tom in a mirror. Right. Which yeah. is creepy and has got, got that Lake Mungo yeah. Alice in the mirror thing going. Nobody seems to point that out. I don't know if we're supposed no, to no, catch no that one, ourselves. Yeah, no one, no one says, oh, look, there's Peeping Tom in that. Yeah. But they we, don't even say, look, there's Peeping Tom in the mirror. He, he set that up. No. Even though they imply that he, right. Philman, had the ability to do that and they feel was doing that sure. uh, either with Sophia or on his own or with Gavin <laughs> because there's people who claim that they're all in on it together. Yeah, he sets up a trap, which I'm not quite sure how it's supposed to work. I think he's going to try to trap him in the mirror and smash it. Uh, yeah, he uh, or he's going to smash the cassette or he's going to smash oh, the Oh, that's camera. it. He's going to smash the camera. In, a, in, a, in footage later, she says that she found this tape and it was fucked up, but she, she put it together. She went back to the house after Feldman. Feldman is found dead. Right. And we see news footage. We see news footage talking about the death of this teenager. There's somebody, there's a girl, is in, a teenage girl is interviewed about it. Um, at first I thought it was Sophia, but it's not. So, so there's a newscaster. That's another link to the how could they not have found these people thing. If it's on the news, it's going to be in. Yeah. How is it not another? I thought that was a. I actually thought that was a bad choice. But yeah, there's a newscast. That's how Sophia finds out about it. Sophia. That's right. The, the chain of events is that Sophia's 
uh, Feldman's parents allow her to come into his room and take his stuff. I don't get that because the police would have all that shit. All that equipment that was around him at the time, I would have thought that, okay, not they would not necessarily have taken everything out of the room, but they would have taken his camera setup because he would have died right by the, the camera setup, you think. Right. And it would have, it could have looked like a you know was he t- was he doing I mean you think somebody would want to watch that footage right and of, because, of, and why and is there a mirror with a camera here and I think he puts he's got a camera filming the camera because his plan is if I destroy the it looks like his plan is if I destroy the camera when when he shows up it'll trap him he's done when you watch that tape of him trying to set his trap you get a really effective jump scare that's Fucking really scary. fucking scary jump scare. But forget how does he how does he know that it's gonna happen? He kind of has this. Is well, it I the think timing? he's I think he's turning it on and off, and thinking it's gonna get to a certain point, yeah. and thinking something's gonna happen. And when it doesn't happen, that's he's what, assumed that it's everything's all right. He kind of that's the great that's relaxed. the really nice moment is that he's anticipating the tension builds really good, but basically he's got a setup to with the camera. There's the grainy it's or it's static, so it's really cool looking and. The mirror and him and he's flipping out. He's got the hammer raised because he's ready to smash the camera. Whatever. This is the big jump scare in the movie, right. and it's a it's a great one. Right. It's it's a uh, in your face. The tension the tension builds. Nothing happens when he thinks it's going to happen. He relaxes. You relax. I actually think they cut away to some other footage before they get to the full jump scare yeah, I don't remember that. however they work it it's a good jump scare yeah. it, it got me the second time even though I knew it was coming because I couldn't tell it and yeah peeping Tom boom pops yeah. up so now Fel- he's dead right and Feldman's dead and she starts filming stuff because she she feels she's next she's next he tells her he actually when she goes to pick up the tapes that's right I was trying to figure out what he goes he's gonna come for me and you'll be next and Which I'm not quite sure how that works, but right. maybe because they've watched the footage, they're privy to right, what the eyes saw. Of, I don't know about that. A lot of a lot of it says that it's Feldman's camera. That's right. my camera. Yes, that's doing it. It, yes. my camera. He's very doing possessive. This. Right, right. Because as she grabs more and more of the, you know, right. Well, well I'm the director. Well, and, remember, our, our our ultimate fate of Sophia doesn't necessarily mean that he is after her. Yeah. Not necessarily so so we probably at this point should say okay that's that's a discussion of of sophia and feldman's right student film right we could now probably get into gavin but and basically basically what's happened is that that film is going to end with the events of the tape that's left with them that she made in her room where she talks about she can't blink she's she doesn't know how long she can stay without blinking she doesn't know how long she has to live. So she obviously thinks he's at, that Peeping Tom is after her. And she thinks she has a solution. is dead, but she, but yeah, she thinks she has, she says, oh, please, she, she thinks she's going to die, but she's got something that she can try. Please edit together this footage. And, the, and she asks how, for this to be edited together at the beginning and ending, I think. Yes. And then she says, um, you know, showed us to my parents, and she goes, I, I, you know, then she, she states the nature of, I was looking for Peeping Tom, and I found him, or so, whatever the hell it is she says. Right. There's more to that tape right. that we will see at the right. end of the because, movie. Because what you realize, the way we're presenting this to our yeah. audience, Evan, is we're unshuffling the deck. Yeah. 
and yeah. making we're few editing, piles. We're editing together the films as we, with the footage that we have as we see it. In, in order for, to better understand yeah. it for everybody. Now, G- Gavin doesn't really have a film, does he, though? No, what we, what we... Gavin's story is told through the... We know Gavin has a movie. That's actually... We never really know what his progress is on this film. So G- Gavin has finds the box of tapes. So yeah, so what so <laughs> what we're seeing now is the documentary Eric Christopher Myers documentary about Gavin. Right. And what we find out is that Gavin is old film student. He's a wedding videographer uh, videographer now. He's he, a frustrated filmmaker. He calls him he he refers to himself as a filmmaker. He wears horrible when he's being interviewed, he wears almost affected, a costume. Affected artsy. Right. The, the newsboy hat and a, and a vest and a... He's got this obnoxious beard. Ugh. He's, and, he's instantly... In fact, I actually, when we first meet him, because we meet him after the initial footage of Sophie, I thought, oh no, this film's going to be tough. I don't like this guy. And, but then that, uh, about, you know, maybe another 10 minutes in, I was like, I'm not supposed to like this guy. Yeah. Or at least I'm not supposed to be in love with this guy. I'm not yeah. supposed to be really... This guy's problematic. Right. This guy's dirty. He's not... He is a flawed character. He is not our hero. He first talks about the tapes. Right. He shows he, us the tapes. He's extremely glib. Right. He, it's found... These tapes are found in the basement underneath something by his father-in-law in, the, in his in-law's house. That's right. where those tapes are. Yeah. Because they had moved into that house... And the house is not that old, so it doesn't have a big, long history. It, there's no ghost story with this house. He's trying to fend off any accusations right from the beginning because I think even he realizes finding a batch of tapes in, in an unrelated, in a home that has nothing to do with this. In a box that says, don't watch. Don't watch is just too good. Right. I mean, he even points out, you know, isn't this how, good, isn't this how horror movies start? It's too good. Right. It's too much of a, con- and he, he calls it a coinky dink. <laughs> Which is another reason to want to punch him in the face. He has a very punchable. The actor does a good job. Punch him in the oh, face. He's, I think he's excellent. I think he does a very, very good job. I think he really, really does. He is our main character. Right. He is going... We learn that he is interested in taking this footage, cleaning it up, yeah. and making it into a movie. It's as if he found the raw footage that was supposedly found in Blair Witch Project right. and making the movie we see. And instead, but instead of presenting it as as actual found footage to prove the case of this being real, of this phenomena and of this story being authentic, he sees it. He wants he's hitching his wagon to a star. Mm. He the footage is great, but he wants to yeah he wants to clean up the image, clean up the audio, and make this a, a theatrical style film. Right, that he can his, then sell. This is his stepping stone, and he has visions of money. Oh, as definitely. We, as 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 we go, at first you're like. At first, you're kind of like, well, is this an art? You know what I mean? He's got a vision. Mm. Uh, but very quickly, you start to realize that he has a vision, but he also has desires, and this is a careerist move. And he is following in Sophia's footsteps. Yeah, there's a, there's a that, mirroring of There's a going. mirroring of that her careerism, her need to control the film, her need for glory and validation uh, is echoed with his. Except right. he's actually kind of ruthless and unethical, to a degree that we can't pin on Sophia. Right. We, we meet we meet his wife. We kind of meet his kid eventually. Yeah, we well we meet his mother-in-law who she says yeah this stuff was found. 
Right. She, co- she uh, doesn't con. She. She. Yeah, I know. Right. Fucking words. Lo- losing words. Like as a C. She confirms. Yeah. She confirms that Gavin did not find the footage. They talk about the house. There's background information. They talk to his wife. It's pretty benign at this point. Gavin's yeah. unlikable and jerky, but we're on even footing at this point. You know, we don't know what to think right. other than he watched the first tape first, and then I think he watched... I think he says, I had to watch everything. Right. Which means uh, 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 he knows the secrets. He knows everything that happened in Sophia's... It, it, he knows what happened in the footage that they made. He knows in the footage that they made of the, the diary footage. He knows... The fate, he knows Feldman's dead. And he, none of this really registers for him. He has become obsessed with proving the authenticity of the film. At first you think it's because he wants, like Sophia, this, he's convinced, he's a true believer. But then you, you, over time you start to think maybe it's just because it's, it's bonus points for this movie. He starts, he looks for, I think this is like backstory, you, f- you find out that they can't authenticate Sophia and Feldman's film. They can't find records of either of them. They can't find Sophia. They, they can't, can't find, find their, the, the professor professor. that we've seen in the footage. The eye specialist. They did not have uh, title cards or graphics to tell you who these people were so they could look them up. They did not have that information in, I guess, any records they could find. You know, she didn't have a list of contacts or whatever. They, they don't know who anybody in this movie is, right. which makes no sense. Right, and um, yeah. and they cannot confirm. We learn. Like, I don't even think they, they confirm that they were students in this no, school. I think there's conf- like this overarching government conspiracy. That, we we talked about that. There's film footage of Feldman on the news after his death, which they can't that find. Ma- it that's anymore. a black mark on the film, because that makes no sense. Right, because if, uh, if this is a movie about aliens and the government. And the government went in and, you know, extracted people, shut people down. Some people disappeared. There's a rumor. Not only should it be, they should be able to find some of these people. The internet exists. Hey, we're looking for so... these. Right. Right. They know where the people lived. They know what their their circle of influence was, who that they could... They weren't travel. They weren't going on planes to Florida to interview people. Right. The film school seems like an obvious, come on, how do we not? You can't scrub... The professor from the yearbooks or from whatever, right. the, what, not year, but you know what I'm saying? Right. How right. do you scrub the existence of these people? That does not work. That is a point in the film that they just can't explain away. Right. And the newscast thing is terrible. Right. You you would have to believe, I think you... An you, on-air newscaster was I, scrubbed from I reality? I think your, your best theory is somehow this is there is a fir- Tom yes. manipulating shit in the world for this. He's that still does not work no. because how do you it's too it, much this, and also the weird thing is that like they never go back to the town like people don't just go what about all the locals yeah unless that stuff was fake right, but, but they is, don't know that right and there is a little bit the of local wiggle. legend is real right and we'll also talk there is a little wiggle room uh with with this but but we're supposed to believe that they can't that right. everyone's everyone's disappeared right. now the, the the real writer director is the the director of the documentary that is going to follow Gavin around right. in his Eric process. Christopher Myers is in this movie as himself, like all the experts uh, that are interviewed in the documentary by by him. Uh, for all intents and purposes, Eric Christopher Myers is making the film about Gavin. And I think he's I, who we see the 
Gavin. We see Gavin through the, literally the lens of his camera and the editing choices that he's made. All the we don't see Gavin's cut. We don't see the Gavin Gavin director right. cut of the uh, uh, of the footage. And, and essentially, everything we're seeing is what Eric would have allowed exactly. to see. Which is interesting because so we get so we get yeah we're getting his version of everything of Gavin's version. Of Sophia's version, right, which is where we start getting this cascading, spiraling effect. And why we thought it was better to separate these yeah, things. Yeah, because it really them. is hard. Because watching the movie is the best way to get the story right. that right. way. But yeah, we're we're, we're putting the sections all back together as straight stories, um, because they all have three. There's three arcs. Right. There's Sophia and Feldman with the student film. There's Gavin's. Gavin's not really we're not really watching him making the film because we're watching him at trying to get the film get the, get the production realized and, and and he is in a sense starting a viral campaign yeah, yeah. that butter that that this that this movie that he's making yeah. will have it, it you know we're really watching his marketing campaign right and his attempt to get the film made mm. more than the you know what I mean? We don't yeah. even know if he's got it because he's he's showing around. He limits what he shows people. Gavin limits what he shows people, uh, but the conceit, which is a really good one, of why we see things that Gavin would not want to show us, is that in, he's using the documentary film for his own purposes. Everybody's using things too. Eric Christopher Myers is making a film about this interesting character study, as he calls it. It's a character study. This is a guy who is trying to make this film made. Nobody will listen to him. And he's, he's you know, the backstory seems to be that he's fascinated by it. In exchange for allowing Eric access to all the footage, he gets this documentary to help put his story out. A lot of things that Gavin is trying to actually keep a lid on is revealed because he has to allow Eric access. That's right. the, they say, there's a great scene where later on where he's like, you know, well, how did... You know, well, we 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 ha we're going to use that footage. Eric says, or something like that. He goes, well, we signed it. We signed an agreement. Yeah. We signed the. He has a release form. We have a release form, yeah. which is just hilarious yeah. because it makes perfect sense. Because again, it's the mirroring, like you said. Gavin doesn't give a fuck about Sophie or Feldman, and Eric does give a fuck about Gavin. I think he does, but I think but it, there's a but it, there's it, a there's a there is a change once Gavin is is no longer of use. Sophia was never abuse to uh, get, but Gavin is so self-absorbed. He's a fucked up character from the get-go. Right. But Eric, Eric becomes our third most cursed likely person. cursed person. Yeah, he's cursed. Uh, most likely. We so Gavin's story so, is, yeah. is that he can't get people to believe. He's becoming more and more desperate as he cannot get people to believe, one, that this student film is real, is authentic, and two, that people should give him money and attention right to get his right he's being criticized because he wants to manipulate the footage right he wants to do those things like clean it up and so we it. as we follow as as eric follows gavin's story we are getting interviews with people who are poking holes in gavin's story in gavin's plans and they're poking holes in the original film as well right. every basically the skeptics have the knives out eric is having directors and film technicians editors, yeah. and, and film editors look at this and every time they're commenting it's like this is ridiculous well they're they're raising reasonable questions about everything gavin is saying and about the fact that 
This is unbelievable. And First of all, the film is unbelievable. Sophia's, Sophia and Feldman's film has to be fake because there's no such thing as Peeping Tom. Right. There are no spirits. There are no urban legend right. characters that you can call up by doing this dumb urban legend stunt. And Gavin doesn't make things easy on himself as he is defensive and argumentative with it. And always trying to come up with another scheme that'll prove it. Right. And because... the thing is, one of the ways that he tries to prove it is he tries to hunt down the people in the film. And he gets a nugget, tracks down one person in the film, which kind of gives him, he, you know, it gives him hope because he is able to figure out the address of the house that... Uh, that the folklorist. That the folklorist. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt Lake. Matt Lake. Right. And, and, and goes there. And what start And, and we'll Eric follows this. him. We're seeing this right. as Eric uh, is, is following Gavin. And Gavin is... Uh, it's interesting to watch Ga Gavin basically... The enthusiasm rises as he thinks he's got it. And then shit right. happens. Because what, what we'll see repeated over and over again with Gavin is... Gavin will be given a nugget of hope... Yeah. That he'll go, look, yeah. this is... Or he proof. finds himself in a worse position. So with the folklorist... It's a gr he, I love he this. Is, he is grilling... Uh, he shows Matt up at, at Matt Lake at, at his house and he's fanboying, in fact. He's like, I have your books. I'm so excited to meet you. He see he recognizes items in the house from, the, from Sophia's footage from the original student film. He has the reaction that it's like to this, this clinches it for him. He's yeah. he's found real artifacts. The images from that film are are, are tangible mm. that he can, you know. I mean, obviously the bridge is there, in this, but he found somebody who was who met these people, who was interviewed by them, who was part of the film, and can confirm everything. He's like, yeah, I guess I don't remember much of it. It was yeah. like ten years. And basically, ago. no one shit. This is another thing. It, it's very realistic that nobody shares the enthusiasm. The vision he has, nobody's enthusiastic about this. No, Even Eric Eric Meyer's character is not about the film he's making. It's about him as a portrayal of this kind of desperate, interesting but desperate and sad character who is shouting that the sky is falling and nobody believes him. He's following him as he tries to make this movie and get people to take him seriously. And this is like this is a crushing scene in a way. Because yeah. I feel bad. For, it's actually, it's, it's cringy and embarrassing and it's fake. Yet you're still like, right. it's a really good scene that fools you into thinking you're watching right, because, the be, people, not the characters. Because as, as Gavin interplays with, with Matt Lake. He butters him up. And, and, then it's, and then it's like, oh, I don't remember. Well, what do you mean you don't remember? Well, do you have it written down? What, you don't have eaten? What, How did they contact you? I, well, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't they remember. may have called. I don't have you... Did you and check your emails? You so changed your provider. He's asking these questions and he's getting more and more frustrated with the fact that uh, Matt doesn't know. It's not that he doesn't care. Gavin kind Gavin, of flips out on Gavin loses his temper with him and he's, fr he's so frustrated with the fact that, one, you're not corroborating. He, I'm not getting any corroboration out of you. I don't feel like I'm getting any cooperation out of you. You're not doing what I need you to do. And he's a, he turns into a, a petulant child right. who st he starts badgering him to remember things. He starts discounting his account. He's like, I, you know, it was 10 years ago. They came here. I answered some questions. I didn't put them in. They establish also that he didn't 
put find pe- the story of Peeping Tom interesting enough to put him in the book right. about and a, Weird there's, Maryland, there's a scene which where, is a terrific... Yeah, where Gavin's flipping through one of his books and he goes, a lot of this other stuff looks ridiculous. Yeah, he starts Peeping belittling... Tom, oh, he's angry. He, it's a great scene. Yeah. He, he starts belittling... He, he goes from praising him and kissing his ass and saying, I'm such a fan because he's expecting the keys to the kingdom, to, to berating him and insulting him and then... Kind of storming out. Well, Matt is like... Well, this is all, he's like, you're, right. all right. He is like, we're done. Because he's like, how do you not... Why wouldn't you do that? And it's just funny to see him doing the questioning and doing the yeah. non-believing and that he doesn't realize that he's doing what everybody's doing to him, but he's also doing it like pure jackass. He's not yeah. professional. And because he's not getting what he wants, he, he throws a tantrum. And it's, it's, it's a terrific... It's just, you want to kill him. You feel terrible for Matt. You feel this is all fake, and yet yeah. you're like, it's like watching a real bad interview, an interview gone bad. Right. You can't believe, and at the same time, you can't believe this kid is blowing it. Gavin is just absolutely doing himself no favors, he, even though he's a jerk. That scene makes me just wish that somebody could have dialed him, down, like yeah. you know, taken him aside, yeah. and he drives away, punching the the steering wheel. Cursing, freaking out. I mean... Like I said, this will repeat over and over again. There's a scene where Gavin is talking to the people that are going to be editing or dealing with the audio. Well, we do, the audio people are really important and interesting because I think they're the actual people who worked on the film. I can't, I don't, oh, really? I'm That's not sure. But yeah, they're real, they're real audio engineers who work on films and stuff. And we first, he goes to them because he wants them to do the work. He wants them to clean up the audio on the film. He also has no money. Right. He basically thinks that the, the ideas are so great. It's, it's, it's interesting because Eric is, Myers is asking him, he's, he's asking questions like, how much money do you right. have? Right, and he's talking how about 1500 or 2000 He goes, I might be, it's, it's actually, it's like American movie or something like that. I, saw, <laughs> I actually saw somebody point out that in a lot of ways, this is like the melding of American movie and Blair Witch. Interesting. Uh, in some ways, because he is clueless. I mean, he's not as ridiculous. He's, Gavin's got no one. Yeah. The film is, the film. This is this is not an oversight. Now maybe they didn't have time, but they interview a lot of of experts and, mm. and have opinions from people, and they talk to man on the streets and stuff. But Gavin has nobody supporting him. He has his wife. Right. He sort of has his mother-in-law. His wife stick is stick. Is, as this is going on, his wife is nervous. Right. Because, because things it, are not good at home. Because like, as he yeah. You were mentioning that you know they, you know Eric is asking him. Well, how much could you spend? Yeah, how much can you spend? He goes, I, I, have, I really don't know. He's like, I might be able to come up with 1500 which I, is laughable. And then we're quoted by the audio people, and they're talking about... 10, 15,000, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, they cut in between them. And he's, his thing is that this is, such a, this is such a great movie. He's selling stock. He's selling Amway. To, you know what I mean? Right. He's like, he, he's trying to get investors in, in that hustler way of, but you don't, you don't understand. You're not, you know... You're not doing this for free. This is an investment, and you're coming along with me, and this is a great deal. Right. And you know, he, he believes. You know, he's pushing the project, right? And I don't know exactly what happens because he does end up dealing with them. Well, the, the, the well, they don't do a ton of work, though, right? But if you remember, there's they there's a the thing with the wife later and the money. Yeah. So maybe that. Oh, that's what you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, I well, never well, quite considered that. They yeah. never explicitly say it. That's right. <laughs> Shit. Because I'm like, I accepted that maybe. They decided to go along with to work on some footage to see if there was anything there because we do see them working on stuff. There's a really good scene where basically all three of them are kind of like questioning his direction. 
why would you want to clean this up? Right. Why would you take away the authenticity? He's getting a warning like Deacon did, you know, and they're obviously more professional than he is. Right. They're thinking about this in more professional and quality terms. It's like, why would you polish up this stuff and make it something that it's not? Why don't you let it be work as it exists? But then you're right. They do. They are shown doing work with the footage. Right. Not a and, ton. And, and They're not of, cleaning up the whole film, but they are working on the footage. And there's another disappointment that comes. How do they there. go from ten to fifteen thousand dollars to nothing? And yeah, that's right. Shit. So there's a uh, there's a a point when he's with the audio guys, where they notice uh, after Peeping Tom appears. Right. And throughout the footage, when you see Peeping Tom, there's a noise. Yeah. And someone says, that sounds like Morse code. Yeah, they start, there's like a, there's like an audio glitch or right. Right. something. And it, and it is Morse code. Yeah. And it says blink. Which is weird. Absolutely ridiculous to think that this is part of what this supernatural thing does. Yeah. Every time he appears. Except for what we conjecture later. Right, but a lot of the stuff that here's the a lot of the stuff that makes no sense does have an exit route. It well, does have an an off ramp to, to, the, to uh, being covered. But let me let me let me qualify that the the ridiculous enough the ridiculousness of it is it seems contrived. Yeah. It's more like something a, a not great filmmaker would have done to emphasize that this was real yeah. every time the creature appears it's, it's again like the urban legend itself it's too stupid it's stupid yeah but it's got that sense of making weird sense right. when dealing with the supernatural right and that there's and, that there's artifacts on the film right and that when he sh you know and 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 i it is out of order I mean, do they do they do those audio blips sh appear with his appearances yes okay every time so because that makes a kind of dumb ghost story sense and, and also you know and it's, this is a little later on but it, it's it's not mm -hmm. weird they also realize that if they take that audio and put it through a thingamajig that right. will make it a visual thing right we get we get an a kind of silhouette a, like a of, silhouette of, of yeah it's, Tom, which is there's the uh, uh, ridiculous these bizarre artifacts of him appearing Kind of like, you know, ghost images appearing in windows and staying there. Hands. Right. Or, you know, just, you know something burning. Like, he, like he's burnt into it. But but if you... I love it, but it's so... But it if is you dumb. had told you in real life, and that's why all these people think that it's ridiculous. Although what's funny is that later on, the audio people... The, uh, I think the... Or earlier I think on, it's the, the audio people get into an argument about it. Right. They're like, how, why would anybody go to all the... He goes, well, that can be done on a computer. But he's like, how, why would anybody go to the expense and the time to right, do Right, because that? all the aren't all. But the I think experts... that's a funny scene though, where the experts are almost all in agreement that everything's fake. But there's a couple of times where the audio guys are faced with the reality of what they're seeing and going, "This doesn't jibe." Don't you think all the experts in this movie are stand-ins for us, the audience, sure. questioning oh, how stupid definitely. found footage We should be. talk about the experts uh, at this point because in the narrative, they're kind of like invisible as we're right. discussing it. But we have a film critic who pokes holes in a lot of the you know, aspects of the films being real or he basically he like is shooting down a lot of the logic, the plot logic or lack of it. 
none of this works he shoots down a lot of the concepts i think he's the one who basically goes that the camera lens it makes no sense i'm not sure but he but yeah he he there's him there's a film editor right who i think worked on a bigfoot film or something like that (laughs) which is like kind of perfect there's um i don't know if they re-interview matt lake uh but there's also uh later on there's a psychologist and and eventually we actually do get one of the directors of the blair witch project right yeah the people that they're interviewing about the, the, the does this make sense are all pulling it apart the way that uh, you would, an audience would or a screenwriter or a story editor would. They're just going, this makes no sense, that makes no sense. The audio guys talk to Eric as well and point out things that don't seem to make sense for them. There's also a guy, while Gavin is trying to get people on his side, Who's the guy that he pays for his opinion he gets into a fight with? There's a guy on his computer who is telling him some stuff. It's really good. But there's a guy that Gavin has brought on as an expert. He's not a okay. interviewee uh, from, the, uh, from Eric's documentary. But he gets into a fight with this guy about an aspect of the film. And I wish I could remember now what the heck it was. And this is the guy who he says, oh, but you'll take my money. And the guy said, for my opinion, that's what you're paying me for. Right. I mean, really, it's the guy, Gavin just gets burned. Right. And he loses, he gets ratioed by everyone. Not only do all these experts and people in the field think everything that's going on is ridiculous and all his proof is, one of his viral campaigns is to go to ghost hunting this, club. This is, this it's is amazing. Um, this is amazing. Yeah, as he's looking for allies and he's looking for people to spread the word. Yeah, he's doing two things quite often. He's trying to get people to believe. He's trying to get people to promote. Right. He's trying to do grassroots stuff that's kind of based on Blair Witch. They don't talk about Blair Witch, but it's, you know, as his story progresses, he's doing more and more ridiculous things to try to just get his Butterfly Kisses film out there. I think he calls it that. I think that's... I can't remember if that's the name of, like, everybody's project or not. He contacts local real life people are used for this ghost hunting clubs online uh podcast type people and there's a whole he goes to a va hall right uh, or is it a vf hall i don't know what they he goes to one of those halls that you can rent and he rents he gets the hall and he gets you know about 35 people together and it's the best because if you've ever watched like like i forget which bigfoot show it was but they do a lot of town hall yeah. They would get people in and say, "Oh, and that's yeah, what I saw he, Bigfoot." That's what he does. He does like a town hall. I yeah. saw, I see, I saw Bigfoot. I saw Bigfoot. He is now trying to sell the one group of people that might buy how ridiculous this is, and they they put him on blast. They blow everything he says. Now out the way him. that this, do we can pin how this was filmed? Because I read about this about how they did this, but yeah, he basically he basically goes to a medium to complain about a psychic. You know, you know what I mean. He's he's like, if I he goes, and then he ends up doing almost the same thing that he does with Matt Lake. Yeah, because he's outnumbered, you can actually tell that he's more cowardly about how how bad he gets, because he only gets kind of sarcastic and nasty. He doesn't accuse them, right? Because he accuses Matt Lake of being untruthful. He, he he goes nuts on him, but he shows them. First of all, he shows them, I think, the footage of from the tunnel. Mm. And that he, that's about all, he's not showing them. He's selectively showing them footage. And they ask him. Yeah. You know, basically, he's like, 
this is what you get. Don't complain. I want your approval. You believe this and we'll go for the step type of thing. He's, he's being very transactional. The ghost group, they even say, Eric even says, that was your last hope, right? Because we see them in two different, you know, we don't see the whole scene. But basically we see that ba he doesn't quite win them over originally. Like they're not, they're not like cheering him on. And then when he opens it up to questions and answers, they start asking, again, like the experts, they start asking him real questions. I mean, he's not even fucking prepared for this shit. He's the, he just believes everyone. He, I think he's shocked that they're even questioning him. Because, you know why? Because he, he, really, he thinks they're idiots. He even says like something kind of condescending about these people. He's like, yeah, these ghost people, these UFO people, they're orbs, you know. And he just believes that they're going to believe everything he says because he doesn't believe. That's the funny thing, if you think about it. I'm telling you to believe in Mr. Blink right. across the train tunnel. You guys are idiots for liking you for being into UFOs and Bigfoot and ghosts and shit. Now, if you think about it, you're, you you know you got your hands behind your head, you're on the pillow, going, "I'm going to be talking to these." Holy shit! Yeah. What if they're right too? He does. He doesn't even consider that. I mean, I mean, I don't know how much of that Eric Myers has built into has built into it, but it's all baked into it. Yeah. And it's it's hilarious at the same time that it's super cringe. But, and but it's. It's great. Now, it's a great scene because all these people who he's basically treating as yokels right. get up and basically tell him where to go. And I, and I do They think, ask good questions too. Right. And I think there's actually two separate scenes. Yeah, that's the thing. I think this. we see the beginning of the, of the meeting and then we see the... the yeah, the I'm not, yeah, I wasn't sure because like was, I was trying to remember if, if Gavin had changed clothes and it was a different time, but it seems... I think that, they, yeah. I think that the, the way that the movie... And the fictional movie is piecing the three story, the, the two stories, giving you his decision to see these people. They interview him about what he thinks he's going to do and all that. He seems to think it's a cakewalk that he'll have these people on his side because, you know, they'll believe anything. Um, he has no respect for them, which shows that he also has no respect for the material he's presenting, if you know what I mean. The VFW presentation is to, to the paranormal groups. It's a real group called Inspired Ghost Tracking Group. Yeah. And they play themselves, just yeah. like the experts. While this is happening, Myers is constantly questioning Gavin's choices and his decisions and his motivations. Even Gavin points out potential problems. What we talked about before in, in, in Sophie's section of, of her documentary, that it is revealed that they kind of fudge something. That they, they fake something. In the earlier film. In the earlier yes. film. In Sophie's yeah. like, Eric, Eric confronts Gavin... And says to him, "Oh, why are you leaving out stuff?" This is the foot. This is what I was in, re, uh, referring to earlier. Uh, yes, in for, that, that that this is the footage that Gavin held back. Yeah, yeah. So Gavin, Gavin has, made editing choices and and uh, sins of omission. He didn't want anybody to know right. that Sophia and Feldman had faked footage if, if, in if, their first film, right? Because that would right. make doubt. So that's where we get the scene where he goes. Well, we find out why the, that Eric is allowed to use all the footage because yeah, you signed the release to get. As you've been saying throughout this, Gavin is very particular about handing out what people say. Right, he withholds a lot of information. Right, right. he so, doesn't want anything to jeopardize the project. Part, some of it is is pride. You know, not pride. Yeah, I mean, he's manipul He's 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 manipulating. Right, and not showing his hand, and he's not being open about 
anything that can torpedo the film exactly. or or uh, or torpedo the authenticity of the student film. Which is interesting. Which is, I love that part. Right. I love the fact that he had been sitting, which also shows he has also reinforces the fact that he has watched everything and doesn't care. He has obviously seen the jump scare. Mm. And somehow this still doesn't get to him. Because <laughs> he is so driven and one track. He, uh, the people, the uh, real quick, the, the, um, the audio guys from Studio Unknown, they actually say that what he wants to do defeats the purpose of the footage. <laughs> because he wants to, rather than presenting the footage, he wants to clean it up, augment it, which right then and there is not documenting, right. uh, uh, and mix it for theatrical. That's what he wants them, he wants them to do. And mix it for theatrical release. And he's like horror moving the movie, which is what everybody's accusing Sophia and Feldman of doing. He doesn't well, want to really make a documentary. He wants to he make wants, a splash. He wants to be the next big thing. Yeah, he wants to do Blair Witch. Right. We touched on this before. You know, how is he paying for this? That's the, I didn't catch that. How is he paying for this? Well, we know that, they, we know that after he has gotten into the fight with Matt Lake... There, he comes home and we see that he has a strained relationship with his son who really doesn't know, talk to yeah. him, walks away from him when he tries to yeah. kind of act fatherly for the camera. And then his wife wants to talk to him about something and he gets pissed at her for being on his computer where his work is. Yeah, yeah. That's a... Yeah. Well, she was doing finances. What are you doing with my computer? Well, I'm doing our finances. Your computer. Right. Yeah. And he goes, well, so my, work, my work's on it. And then, yeah doing the finance Good. and this is a running thread that while he's running around making this movie or trying to make this movie he's not working it well yeah they yeah. ask her yeah uh, a little later on as things start getting worse they say uh has he been working and she's and they go well and she's like this is it's july it's wedding season yeah and uh he should be out there working but he's working on the film they, and they are having financial difficulties right and what we find out that the mother-in-law is helping them out right and she's basically saving money for the kid and There's... he has no idea what's going on. he doesn't no. care oh. and not only does he not care but then we find out later on he's drained the kids uh college fund the wife leaves him the wife leaves him. the wife takes the, their their child and leaves right and uh changes her phone number because as we find out later because nobody can contact her anyway and well she also becomes almost like one of these people yes. that we've seen over and over again that just seems to be... Because we, we find out that, you know, you can't contact... The mother-in-law moves. I yeah. think they, they move. So, yeah, basically, he starts losing the people that's like Sophia and Feldman, like those people who disappeared from the first film. Here, These people disappear from Eric's film and from Gavin's life. Yeah. Yes, yeah, there's, so there's so many interesting parallels going on. But yeah, he's totally fucking... So obviously that's what he did is he took that money and he gave it to he took yeah. the ten thousand dollars as as up money to the studio to the audio guys. Which is just yeah, I for some reason never connected that. It's re that's really well done too, because nobody actually just comes out and says, You took our money and put it into studio a studio unknown. <laughs> you know, and nobody at Studio Unknown knows, oh he he came up with ten thousand dollars. It's interesting that you know, and also Eric's film makes the choice to let you figure this out, except I never figured that out. Oh, and I think if I'm right, the scene where Gavin finds that his wife has left him. Yeah. I believe is the first scene that Eric comes from. I think it's the first the time we see Eric because Eric yeah. comes over to console him. Right. And now Eric 
Eric has crossed over. Yeah. Literally. He, yeah, he's become... Eric is now involved with Gavin's story in a way that he's not supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. Which I love. I love that moment. It's smart. It makes perfect sense. But basically, he becomes personally invested in Gavin and Gavin. And plus, he's got to keep Gavin's story going. Because one of the things we're going to hear... But it's a very human moment. It's not... I don't feel that Eric's character is like, oh, shit, I got to go console this guy because otherwise we have no... It's a very but 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 he gets dragged in. Well, once he Eric's gets, in the movie, he's now once, part once of. Once you're curse. in the movie, you're in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. he's down. He starts going. That this is going to send him down the road. Um, that the other two people have gone down. Yeah, and, which and, is fucking great. Well, real quick, I just want to. I want to go. I want to finish up on the VFW hole. Oh, okay. Because uh, they start asking him real, you know, good questions. Like he basically gets huffy. And starts saying, "You're accusing me of faking this whole thing." They all get up and like, "What? If you could, if you could show us this, maybe we can go along with you." Mm. You're not showing us anything. I, 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 I think and they start questioning the authenticity, like everyone else. They poke holes in what doesn't make sense. I, th- I think one woman actually says, "With what you've given us, we can't. How can we believe this with just right. what you've shown us?" Right. Um, but yeah, they, they they pick the footage apart, and he starts insulting them. Because I love that he starts talking about their orbs and their. If I, I'm sure if a UFO came in, I mean he he absolutely flails. <laughs> and when he leaves, they all start applauding him, sarcastic. It's just, it's a funny. It's another cringy. Those scenes are really. There's a lot of uncomfortable stuff. Here's somebody on a on a mad, on a, on a wrongful quest for wrong for the, for the wrong ideas. He's got you know what I mean. He's got the wrong motivations. Bad faith Don Quixote. <laughs> yeah. And he's getting blown. He's getting ratioed by everybody, like I was saying. And he's just, he doesn't learn from it. And he's ruining lives, whether he knows it or not. He, Peeping Tom is real. <laughs> That's the funny thing, though, is that at the heart of it, nobody believes anything. And it actually is real. And the ghost groups don't believe him. Oh, one of the things that people... I forget. One of the things that people pick apart about the... Uh, I don't know if it's the editor or the film critic... But they talk about in Sophia's film, we, you know, as they uh, that the blink tests are just absolutely no proof because what we're seeing is Feldman doing that clap thing. Why would he get in front of the camera when the viewfinder is behind it? Why would he get in front of the camera between each blink test, each take, each blink, other than to be able to block the right. actor right. in and the background, dressed up in the in the boogeyman and costume? I th- and, and- because. If he had not blocked the camera, supposedly we would have seen him rise up right. each and time. Experts go, and this happens more towards yeah. the later part, the, the end of the film. Experts go, this is what you see in found footage. This is what you see in fictional filmmaking. Yeah. Why, why is there always a cut? Why is the camera always in the right place to catch something? Right. How does that, how, how, why, is it, why is it so lucky? Yeah. That it's that. Yeah. Why do? Why are all these, these are tropes? Seeing the seeing driving past the character, seeing him in the background, and he's very you know easy to put an act, put an actor. It's all easily set up, and, and to them obviously set up. They poke holes in Gavin's claims, and they poke holes in the film. Yeah, they're not attacking Sophia and Filman, but they're they're attacking. Well, because one of the things because that... they're not making claims to them. They're just going, the film is fake. Like, one of the things that's questioned is, is it possible that, that Gavin did all of this? Right. They, and, people and, start to... The, the, it starts to come up that he made that footage right. with an old camera. 
they find that he has a camera. He has the exact camera that, that right. Feldman has. There's always... Why do it, you have that camera? Yeah. Because it's an older camera. There's not yeah. necessarily a reason for him to have it. There's... The, but the, be, they ask the wife, could he have done it? And he's like, well, well he he's, goes away. He goes... He's, uh, he, you know, he works and, he's, and they go, well, yeah. And then they start... And then Eric basically is like, for how long? There's no real alibi. You know what I mean? The case yeah. falls apart. He could have been making... He could have been going away and making, shooting these films with people. Mm. And the reason you can't find them is because he doesn't want you to find them. Right. Like, nobody else is looking for them, really. Yeah. That's the thing. There are, there are no internet ghost clubs looking for his film teacher. That could have only been fake. It makes a lot of sense as a, as a right. collusion. As, yeah. as they are all hired actors. I mean, he shot, because all of that footage goes to closed roads. Except, except... He would have had to stage the argument with Matt Lake. There's a situation with that that kind of... But you know what I'm saying? Right. Matt because, Lake wouldn't have been... He wouldn't have right, gone to him and gotten into but, a fight with him uh, unless that was staged. But there. here's the thing. Matt Lake says he saw Sophia and Feldman 10 years ago. That's right. So... Is Matt Lake in on it? The only way... <laughs> right? The only way Gavin could be... See, I don't believe that he... I don't believe that he made the film with Well, I, I am sure there are people that... that I think it's a very easily plausible thing for characters in the movie... Yes. ...to believe because they're not paying... They're not watching yes. an hour and a half of this footage and really sifting through it. A lot of the people who accuse him of that are, are people calling in to the radio show sure. that go... I mean, well, I mean, we, we should get... It's stuck. an easy thing to throw at him. Right. Um, that's kind of the... So he's lo- he's lost his wife. He uh, Eric felt that his last hope for getting any kind of traction with the audience or and and any viral marketing at that point was the ghost hunting people. They've laughed him out of literally. He walks right. out on that. And and we start having conflict between Gavin and Eric now. Yeah. Because the same way. G- Gavin's like, you don't know anybody that can help me. Gavin, yeah. Gavin starts. Gavin crosses the line. There's supposed to be a separation between the two of them. Right. The subject and the film. Right. The documentary will prove that Gavin's on the up and up. Or it's just... Or the documentary... Yeah. But the documentary is not supposed to help him make his film. Right. They're not supposed to step in and call in favors. They're not supposed to give him contacts. He's on his own. He's the subject mm. of the film. But then, yeah, he has nothing. And he starts to... He makes entreaties to Eric to help him. And that leads to, because like we say, Eric is now a kind of character in this cursed lineage of Peeping Tom. There's going to be a radio show. Eric hooks him up with a guy right. he knows because, who's, who's a radio because Gavin has a radio show. Because Gavin has done the trifecta of that. He's made a website where you're going to be able to watch the footage for a limited amount of time. And then it's going to go away to get a buzz. And he's aver- he's going to advertise. It's funny. Once again, he's doing that. You can only have so much. He really is. What's the word? He, he really won't let go. Yeah, he's this, he's this, he's this, rationing out this footage, which is not even his. Yeah, he didn't make this. Right. You know, he's like one of those people who takes over the estate of somebody and is absolutely <laughs> jealously guarded. You know, like like a derelict or, or or something like that. He will not share with people, and he's held stuff back from Eric. He did not want to show the things that damage the reputations of of the students. Uh, as documentarians, right? Eric because, and Gavin both start to right because on the on blur the, radio the lines show, on the radio show, people are like, "Fuck your website." Well, if you remember, Eric asks the radio show guy to take it easy on him. 
he said he's you know what I mean right. he's like don't so which is manipulating right and then the guy also tell but he tell the guy tells Eric I've got something I think that I can put together right and Eric is like it'll be good and he goes, and he goes who, it, who's who, it good for is it good for Gavin's film or is it good for your film yeah I think that's it. or he says it's good for us it's, it's, good. it's good it's good I think I forget what he says it's good for us or is it good for Gavin yeah or something like something. that he says it'll be good he really wants to take Gavin down because he thinks Gavin is a a liar and and, and exploiter. Right. But so, he's also doing what everybody else is doing. Right. He's making sure that he gets something out of it. And so our radio show, I guess the big gotcha thing. It's a great bit of business. Is that one of the call-in people is Ed Sanchez. Yeah. We'd like to apologize to Eduardo Sanchez for calling him Ed throughout the podcast. Who is one of the directors of Blair Witch. Right. Who Gavin gushes over. When Gavin he does the something. exact same thing that he does with Matt Lake. He, but he, 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 but you can tell he he is amazed. Yeah, because he's been getting pummeled by the callers. Right. Some of them asshole. are actually like stupid. They're like yeah. IMDb. How the fuck are you we, supposed to believe this shit? Yeah, but they're, they're killing him. And to be honest, I think this is one of the only places where I thought this was a little unrealistic uh, because people believe so much dumb shit. Right. But there are people who believe Peeping Tom is real. There are people who believe Lake Mungo is a real documentary. They don't fucking parse it, right? And the fact that we have seen that the people in that town do... There are people who unequivocally spread and believe the urban legend. Somebody would have called in. Now, if they wanted to show that the guy wouldn't let any of those calls well, through... Right, that's, that's... that's If that's on the cutting room floor, I get it. But I really do think that there's... Somebody would have been like, Hey, man, I'm from... I'm from Ilchester... Yeah, we've all we all know about this thing. So mm. I mean, I kind of believe you, man. Right. They, I felt that there was just a little stack deck. It was too too much pummeling. Too much pummeling. It would have been, you know, what if one or two, what if one or two people just went, and then other people like pulled their arguments apart, or something like that, right. piled on them too, or just, it, or you know, it, the ratio didn't have to be zero for him that there was nobody because honestly, we they have established that there are people who believe in peeping Tom. You know, what if the old guy from the beginning of the film was on the... Heard, <laughs> he disappeared. Heard, well, yeah, he saw something. But you know what I'm saying. I thought that was a little too... Right. ...pushing things. I mean, it, it, you know, it wouldn't have made a big difference, but, you know, somebody out there... I, I think the... But but I do think that the, the Ed Sanchez stuff is, is oh, great. Oh, I think it's really good. I, I, because... I think he's overly mean, though. To, to, I mean, honestly, I kind of feel like everybody's got this, like... I feel... The, the, the radio call scenes bug me a little bit because one he didn't get one vote C could i ask you a question and two i thought that like ed sanchez was sort of like over i thought that those people were like really overworking in him. real life if this character gavin came up with you and was trying oh, to sell you you would you would have tore him a new ass off. right but the way that they do the the, the the way that they talk about his exploit i'm like all the hollywood people talking about exploiting shit some of the stuff that ed sanchez's character says Sounded hollow to me. Okay. I thought it was when he was picking apart the filmmaking. That I was, got it. Yeah. When he picked apart his motivations, I thought that was just dicey. I, I, that felt contrived to me. When, when they had the character going, what I'm really thinking is that you're exploiting this. And I'm like, come the fuck. Oh, you know, let's not hear from Hollywood people with their, <laughs> with their viral marketing. About, I mean, if they think it's fake... Then what's the harm done if this guy's got people love stunts, people love dumb viral well, it, shit. 
Why would it? Why is everybody sticking the knives into him because he's trying to come up with a viral marketing? Well, stuff? I, I remember. I kind of thought that was weird. I mean, the very, very first time the I Blair heard Witch anything, people did it. He did it. Hey, that's what I mean. He he. It sounded a little hypocritical. The very, the very, the very, very first time I heard anything about Blair Witch was literally early on on an independent film station talking about oh, there's this really interesting documentary. It's supposedly real, and it you know it was because yeah. in a way. There are people who believe they Gavin people is, go to that town Gavin, and hunt for the Blair. Remember the town yeah. people are pissed about it. Gavin is is a reflection of a lot of things they did to market yeah. Blair Witch. Sure, there's a good chance that in world of the movie, Gavin is going. Well, Blair Witch had a website and Blair yeah. Witch had oh, a documentary. Oh. They didn't Blair want. Witch, I don't think they wanted to tip their hand and start mentioning Blair Witch because it would have been kind of weird if he's going. Yeah, I love the Blair Witch film, or if he had posters of it. Right. And then the Blair <laughs> Witch guy is. It'd be like this, the Woody Allen scene in that movie where he's talking about some somebody's work and the guy. Well, I happen to have him here, right? <laughs> it would just seem a little odd. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I have the note I have is that some people. I feel like that some people would believe this shit the way that people believe dumb shit in real life. Yeah, this as is, they would have called him to support him, or it was just made in two thousand and eight, right? Or I just mean, two thousand and eighteen, just to be contrarian fucks. Even I mean, it just. And I said that Ed Sanchez is kind of the killer app of this movie in a way. And it, because he not only appears in the movie, but he ended up helping him with the movie. Oh, really? which is interesting yeah, because he crosses cool. the line, <laughs> not in a bad way. Right. He met him at he had met him, and people suggested, "How do you not have?" Bla-? It was kind of like you've covered all these bases with so many. You've re- you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you just not have Blair Witch kind of yeah. actually brought in? How do you not have it? Why don't you ask Ed? And he's like, "Oh no!" And he did, and Ed Sanchez not only agreed to be in the movie. He advised, he be, I think he's a producer on it, or like an associate producer. But yeah, he starts, they start hitting, and it's funny because Gavin's hopes rise, and this is where he ultimately is. Because yeah, I mean, they didn't want to show that, but you can see, his reaction is great. It's almost like they say, oh, you know, Mick Jagger is right here, David Bowie is right here, you know, Cher, the ultimate star of this, of this kind of filmmaking. And it's an incredibly meta moment. Right. To have Ed Sanchez. And, and I actually think he had, he's the person that talks about the box. And for me, when he says. Right. They talk about the fact that that box is just too obvious, it's like, too fake. Because there's literally a scene. And he in, talks about the setup. Give me the yeah. box. Get yeah. me the box. See me the box. We need a box. Here's the box. Right. Yeah. It, and I never I, thought it, of that. Yeah. I, I never thought about how. I thought the scene was. Awkward, but yeah, it's a great. But I didn't realize how many things were obviously so convenient. Yeah, you know. But also that's set up in the film. Yeah, that's what's great. That all this these are not happy accidents. This was not Ed Sanchez going, "Hey, I found a bit we can do here based on your footage." They didn't watch the footage and then build. You know, this right. is stuff is built into the film of the. Three. I felt that the backlash. That I, I felt like the the outrage felt a little. It, people seemed too outraged. Well, is it possible that that outrage is to propel us to really what's happening next? Sure. I mean, there's a re- look. There's there's a reason to send another disappointment. This needed to be a big disappointment. Yeah. A major disappointment after we've escalated between the Matt Lake thing and the ghost. Those were the two. Those were two real serious letdowns. He thought he had proof with Matt Lake, and he thought he had an ally. And somebody who could corroborate anything, but yeah, the back. I thought the backlash was a little heavy, but yeah, it pushes Gavin to stop talking to Eric. Right. He, and blame, he blames Eric. There's footage of Eric with Gavin. 
they have a little confab before the interview, and I, don't, I think they hug. I, he says, "I got your back." I think he's like, "Cause Gavin's really losing it," which again, you're not supposed yeah. to have his back. I mean, it's right. it's great how that stuff comes together. Um, but yeah, this is the ultimate expert shooting down. Yeah, everything that he's tried to do, and it was on radio while everybody's listening. I mean, it was one thing for all these people to say, "Why are you doing this?" I think you're, expo-, you know, for, and, but all of a sudden, yeah. The guy who created the found footage phenomenon, helped create the found footage phenomenon. Well, definitely the creator of the modern yeah. one. And, and, and uh, we really yeah. never talked about it when it comes to Cannibal Holocaust. We weren't constantly yeah. talking about found no, footage. No, absolutely though. not. It, Cannibal Holocaust did not jumpstart. It jumpstarted four more Cannibal films. You know what I mean? Right. It didn't have more people going, you know, people finding around, taking their cameras, fucking around and finding out. No. It's a coup for the film that they got him. It's a great move. And it just works in the film so well because also we're seeing that Eric's got contacts in media. This guy's got a radio show. It makes sense that somebody can reach out to Ed Sanchez and say, hey, there's some guy basically ripping you off. He says, yeah, have you seen this viral campaign here? Or he knows him or whatever. Maybe he interviewed him. I I have no problems with those connections being made. But yeah, it's just woof. And you feel bad. The thing is, you feel bad at that point because you do know there's a fucking... Monster. You know what I mean? Right. Now, Gavin has made bad decisions. Sophia and Feldman have made bad decisions. But ultimately, the movie makes no bones about the fact. Now, nobody believes this, but you as the omniscient viewer, you as the uh, sitting at home are like, Peeping Tom is out there. You know, he's really out there. And there's no reason to believe it. Mm. There is no reason to believe it until soon. Because some, I think some people are convinced. There's, there's at least one man convinced. You mentioned there's a, there's a split between Eric and, and Gavin. Well, Gavin basically disappears. For yeah. like, I think, like a week or well, so. Yeah, days. not that long, but yeah. What we find out is Gavin's decided to recreate yeah. the... I think Gavin calls him or texts him. He says, yeah, he, he says to come out because he's recreating yeah, that. He sets up a camera on the tracks just like Sophia. So we have, again, parallels and, and replication Right. And people following in footsteps. But he sets a camera up at the bridge to recreate what Feldman did. Right. And I believe that this is around this time Eric's crew starts becoming part of the movie. Yes. Yes. And they end Eric's Eric's Feldman's. Yeah. Uh, I really like this stuff because basically they all get there. And and this is also where Eric first starts to, to become difficult. He, this is a big moment. This is a big thing. The crew is at an impasse and his cameraman doesn't know what to do doesn't know how to shoot this doesn't know what they're supposed to do and Myers and him get into an argument about how to work they're drawn in now they're kind of saying look you you know you became part of this guy's well they accuse they basically like we're culpable right now we're culpable yeah and he's like no come on the radio interview right they're like come on he got set up yeah and Myers is now in Gavin's role and, and Gavin's in Sophia's role. And Gavin's in Sophia's role. And Feldman's role. And yeah. everybody is crossing the lines, and Myers is now rationalizing and justifying his behavior the same way that the other filmmakers have. It's terrific. Uh, here's where we get a battery going out. You were talking about batteries. Right, Gavin about runs that. off. Yeah, Gavin disappears. We're told they, several as they're times arguing, this. they hear well, Gavin running away. There's actually a point where. 
where the cameraman says we're losing battery. He shuts off the camera, yeah. and we only we get That's a black right. screen we, we get... with sub with subtitles of the discussion between them. Yeah, we get. Uh, I think we get either audio only. Yeah, audio or, only or with something like that. Yeah. yeah, and I really like that bit of business because I like the fact that he's like. We're losing battery. Let's. Right. They weren't expecting me to do this. They, I, I'm. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And then they turn the battery on again, and then it's like, look, we're losing battery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because Gavin, it's a warning. Gavin, so at least yeah. they they go. Look, we know losing battery is right. Dropping the camera. Or but you have to have. We that. have no. You have to have it because it has to have everything. You have to have losing the battery. And they do it at a good point. The battery runs out as they hear someone at the end of the tunnel. So what happens? They run after Gavin and they can't find him. And don't they stop at the end of the tunnel? And they don't want to go in there. Yeah, they're and afraid. They think to... they see something. Yeah, they don't capture anything. No. on video, because they don't. So they, the batteries. The batteries dead. But I think that what the other camera is running or something. Like, There's a like. They, are you going in there? What is? They it? don't go further, but they think they see something. So they start getting doubtful and weird uh, because Gavin has Gavin has successfully raised peeping tom and he's taken off. I think around this time, Eric is saying we need an ending. What happens is Myers is the main character. Yeah, we've lost Gavin. The, the 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 baton has been handed to Eric Myers. He is our focus now, and he's doing the investigating, trying to figure out what's going on. And yeah, do they have a movie? They um, and Myers, um, they get Feldman's notebook mailed to them. Do they get everything mailed to them at that same time? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, they get a package, right? Myers' crew starts questioning Myers, and so he ends up in that role of being right because he's like uh, attacked by it's everyone. It's like, do, do you believe it? What are you believing? What is? We need an end to the film. And, yeah, I and made a film. He starts I'm arguing. A story. Yes. Uh, my story is about Gavin. What's you know? He needs Gavin's story. And now we have him completely in Gavin's role of being of watching his project falling apart, becoming desperate, and arguing with everyone now he's he's the only one who's right everyone's wrong and everyone's poking holes and they're talking about very interesting they're raising the question that the film itself right, of ethics which yeah. hasn't really been raised so much they've poked at gavin about the ethics of things the exploitation but they are less personal in some ways because they're watching eric basically going around and you know using gavin directly now the film explicitly raises these ethical and moral questions in a way that it quite it hasn't completely before gavin's been uh accused of things they've raised the questions of of, of ethics in filmmaking with uh sophia when they found out that uh they had faked the first documentary and the maker of this film drops his the his, th his thesis of one of the major themes of the film right then and there is is, is handed to him and uh, he fails the test. His, his character fails the test. He's, he wants to go forward at all costs. Don't you think we have something here? Echoing everything Gavin was saying. And then they get a package. Right. You know. And now at this point, the film isn't a documentary about Gavin really so much. It's, a, it's taking on its own life. Right. And I, I think... They're the characters in their own film seeing things through. I mean, Gavin is... It's still about Gavin, but... It is about to not be about Gavin, right? And I and I believe it's this package that one of the one of Eric's film crew looks up the address and goes, "There is no address like this." 
or that it's a wrong. It's yeah, wrong. they kind of they look it up. It's like this, like no. right off the bat, they're they're, I, they're jumping on things and trying to figure things out, which I really appreciate all throughout this film. But he's going, well, it could be, it could have changed. This, it could have been changed. Uh, the name could have been, you know. But the package itself has Feldman's notebook, which they all start going, come on. <laughs> Again, they're these coincidences, seeing something for that they've only seen on film, for real makes things weird really weird for everyone in this movie as they say as they say things gavin hit got to see matt lake's house he, he he's had the tapes things like that like you know it's almost like reality is broken yeah, it's broken through to them but it's feldman's notebook which has all his concept art and supposed sophia is wondering are they storyboards or is it him just drawing this stuff but how did how does he get that notebook i don't know i don't know he might have had it the whole time how Hmm. I mean, not to... They not... might even say something about that in there. I'm not quite sure. Here's the thing. Sophia did go back to the house. She right. was allowed to take things out of the house. Right. It's very possible she took the notebook. Right. And it's very possible the notebook... But the notebook wasn't with the tapes. As far as we know. Okay. But the mother-in-law doesn't mention that. How... That's true. That's true. But I'm not it, quite sure how that... Also, if, if Gavin faked all this from the beginning, if he yeah. filmed Sophia and... And and Feldman stuff, he would have all of that. That is true. But like you said, there is that there is that whether it's an oversight or whatever, Lake saying ten years ago. Right. That the ten year gap, unless there was some kind of hint that maybe this was something that Gavin had done in film school ten years ago. But that's never mentioned. Yeah, that's never brought that, that's, up. That's 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 me on the internet trying to make my theory work yeah, beyond sure. all reasonable. Sure. Sure. That's 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 where Gavin's, yeah. At that point, we're Gavin right? it. We're Gavin it. But um, yeah. So Myers gets this package, and in the package is uh, a key, a hotel key card. I think it's just the notebook and the hotel key card. Myers and his crew get into this heated argument because the crew wants to stop. The crew does right, not because this they is don't, they don't see a film in this. Shit's gotten bizarre. Right. This is a waste of time. Myers is becoming argumentative and edgy. And what's the point? But they've got, but the thing is, they do have the hotel key. I don't remember exactly how they find the hotel because they're talking about the package. But I think what happens is they, I think the address is just like off or right, it's misspelled. Off. It's, yeah, it's not the right address. But I think that he's, he wrote the name of something wrong. So it's, it, it's, not, it's not a mystery, that part. But, you know, but they, they go to the motel, Gavin's key goes to and they're filming and they go to see gavin and they find gavin dead in the bathroom yeah first they find what they they walk in and they find there's a bunch of gopro cameras set up around the room similar to basically he has now he has now gone from following sophia to following feldman he is documenting what he thinks is but it looks like what he's documenting is peeping tom coming to get him Right, or maybe he's come up with what he thinks could be. Maybe he thinks think. he's got an end run. Yeah, right. we don't. And it's really interesting because what happens is one of the dudes goes to the bathroom, I guess, or just checks, and he goes, "Whoa!" You hear somebody going, "We get out of here!" And they can't figure out what's going on. Yeah, they don't. They, he's not there, and he says, "Let's go." And he just bolts, which is a nice bit of business. And Myers goes and opens the bathroom and just reacts and's like, "And and we see his body. We see Gavin's yeah. body." Yes, yeah, which is obviously it. part of the documentary. Yes, somebody took it. Somebody, either then or they stopped for a second because it's because here's where we go. 
here's where we start to see Myers completely is gone because his mind goes into two places. We have to get out of here, but we also need to take what we need. Yeah. He feels he, he Gavin is forgotten. Gavin is done. Just like Sophia's nothing yeah. to uh, Gavin. She's a non-anti to him. What she, all he needs out is that footage. All he needs is what he needs for his film. Well, all of a sudden it's like, well, we're done. Yeah. Take the GoPros. Take you know. He's like, let's take the cards. Take the things that we need. And the tapes are there. That's right. The tapes are there, right? All the tapes. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing. The cards are missing from the GoPros. I did not remember. I did not catch that. They all go outside and they have, they start talking about what to do. They don't, they don't call the police. Well, what, well, well, there's an argument about calling the police because yeah. the thing is, we should, you know. The first thing they do is argue we about tell what the they police, should do. If we, if we show the footage to the police, the police will see that we took things. Yep. And we can't show them that we took things. Yep. Well, for the, yeah, they take evidence. Because the film needs an ending. They take, they take, uh, Myers has them take evidence. Those tapes are evidence. It's not there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not supposed to remove that stuff. Um, and we we then see the police there. And Myers lies to them about recording. Yeah. They said, are you... They've got more than one camera. The cameras that the cops are asking about are not filming them. But there's... One of the crew members is about 25 feet away, surreptitiously filming them. And the cops go, are we... Are you recording this? Nope. <laughs> So he's lying. He's withholding evidence. If the if the cards were in the GoPros, they would have, they would have had somebody take off with them. Yeah. And uh, this is all to make his film is all unethical and disrespectful to Gavin. But Gavin's a non-entity. Gavin is just Gavin is an object now at this point. He's like the tapes. Right. Uh, for were for Gavin and. Um, uh, so Gavin was dead of heart failure. There's a there's a title screen that goes on that they say his cause of death was heart failure and he was 39. Yeah. Implying he didn't have a heart. There's well leaving you to go, hmm, right, what really did happen? Right. Because we, you know, in the documentary itself, we've already seen that supposedly Feldman is dead and that this is what happens to people who 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 dredge up. Right. This is this is where things really all came together as far as uh Peeping Tom most likely being more than just an entity that appears, does his business, and then disappears until somebody else brings him up. And this also might be something that just happens because of these films being made, which is what I kind of believe. Myers and crew are talking about the situation, and somebody's like, what happened to the cards? What happened to the footage from the GoPros? Because that would most likely show Peeping Tom appear and do his butterfly kisses too. Uh, Gavin and one of the guys says one of the crew members uh, I don't know if it's his editor or camera says well maybe we'll find out you know we'll we'll find out find in out in years. 10 years they'll find that footage in 10 they'll years they'll find the footage in 10 years and I didn't that didn't register the first time I saw it yeah it's funny but like almost everything that involved the continuation of Peeping Tom's legacy and the mystery of missing things and then all of a sudden I'm going, it was like, oh, that was a eureka moment for the film in that a lot of things that are unexplained or coincidences or don't make sense 
might not be manipulation from Gavin. It might be manipulation from Peeping Tom, that there's a Sadako element here. Because we have proof that there is a, there's, we have proof of manipulation from outside so, right. force, sources. And, and what, what seems to happen is we hear about an urban legend called Peeping Tom. And it does all this stuff and blah, 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 and it goes after you. But what Peeping Tom did is it, it cursed three filmmakers, exactly. four filmmakers. It's, it, it it, the fact, the fact that they're all filmmakers, I think, isn't just because it fits with the theme of the film. I think it's part of something that's being generated now. This, tech, this kind of Japanese well, you, character you, who's in, inveigled with technology now. Yeah, yeah. What if they fucking created Peeping Tom? It's, you know what I mean? I'm just oh, saying, yeah. if, you want, if you wanted to reboot this or remake this, they, Sophia and Feldman may have created this by some weird thought right. or, transference or or, 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 or... or what they found was there's this real legend yeah. that no one could do. They figured out... They a, figured yeah. out a way to do it. Although, how would it... Yeah, I mean, yes. But obviously now it you can hit... But the thing is, not only did they figure out how to do it, they perpetuated it. Right. They released him. Right. And he's been able to use the technology to keep things going. He's the one who took Feldman's ca- camera. He doesn't just show up and go blink, blink, blink. He shows up. He took Feldman's... Ca- this is what I'm yeah. thinking. He took Feldman's car- ca- camera. He beat Feldman at his game because, yes, the camera had to be turned back on. Mr. Blink. Peeping Tom went down, took his camera, set it up next to him, turned it back on. There was no he could he fell asleep. He couldn't do anything about it. So he's an entity that can actually affect the world and manipulate things to get what he wants. And that's probably why the tapes were where they were. Peeping Tom put those tapes where this filmmaker would find them. Now, like we were talking before about in Borderlands, maybe there are certain kinds of people that Peeping Tom knows it would work with. Maybe if it wasn't Gavin, maybe it could have been Eric Myers, you know, how, mother-in-law or something like that. And and those kawinky dinks that Gavin talks about aren't coincidences and they're not plot holes. They can be explained by the person who set the camera up, put the tapes there, pulled the GoPro, GoPro cards and uh, a, this one guy just blankly says it's a great it's a, he says it as this kind of like real interesting he just says yeah we'll find you know 10 years that footage will show up and he says it with such conviction and without overplaying it it's just a really really nice delivery of that line because um, it locks in all of that yeah. and people kind of they look at him but you know nobody says anything they're like they just let that sit and sink in i don't know why that didn't click for me because a lot of the things that i thought were plot holes or or might still who the hell knows but a lot of things fell into place when you have the convenience of oh my camera you know maybe Feldman was possessed and did it himself right maybe he sleepwalked and in in some weird obsessive move goes and gets the camera because he's psychotic at that point Again, not to be that... But somebody took those cards. Right, and not to be, you know, the annoying, you know, internet guy. There 
you probably could make a, a fairly convincing case that there is no supernatural things going on with this at all. I don't think that's what the filmmaker is trying to say. No, I don't think, I think so either. I think, but you could, sure. I think you could say, no, um, Feldman went crazy. He, he made yeah. this. Uh, Sophia, uh, you know, Gavin, maybe even Eric, their obsession for fame sure. Sure. drove them in. Whatever. I don't believe that. Uh, no, I don't either. Well, we do have some more things that are yeah. that that happen. Also, an interesting uh, thing that I did not catch myself was that um, the hated hat, Gavin's hated hat. Yeah. In the last scenes where Myers and his crew are arguing, where they, I think that I'm not, I don't remember where they have this argument. Is it outside? Which argument is it? The last one where there's there's no end to the story. Oh, that's. I think that's outside. Is, but isn't that in a new, different location? Do they actually go to the tunnel? Or are they just like outside a park car? I can't remember now. But the crew is arguing with him and he's making the argument that we still... Have. He's wearing a hat. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that was a conscious choice that the hat showed his... Oh, that's interesting. I think Myers called it... Yeah, he's a douchebag now. <laughs> he's interesting. He's full douchebag. Interesting. He says, you know, what happened to Gavin York? And they... I think the last time we see Myers and them is... They go, do you, they basically like, do you think the blink, do you think that Peeping Tom is real? He can't, and he can't answer that. Mm. He's stuck. He needs an ending for his movie. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is, of course, that his movie shows the police that he did the things that he <laughs> yeah. did. I mean, there's that weirdness. Right, but, he, but, but if we believe we're seeing Eric's movie, we, we do get an end yeah. to the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. We get an, Gavin's story we certainly get an end to although we don't know we don't they, they might not have a, ta- a full explanation because they can't prove anything right I mean this guy's convinced that those put that footage you, you get the idea that, that one guy is convinced right he's just like you know, what he has seen the fact that stuff's missing all the shit it's too much at this point nobody nobody's killing Gavin Gavin's not committing suicide for it although maybe actually when you, you know did Gavin kill himself to try to really put this over? Yeah. Were there ever cards in that GoPro? Maybe they never. This is this is assuming a lot. Right, right, and I and I don't think that that's the intention of. The, I don't think so either. I think I think I think we have a straight horror movie mm. told in a very unstraight way. That's commentary on these kinds of movies. But I think the horror aspect, the supernatural, exists in this film's mm. world. And uh, and then we get. Uh, I think we get the rest of Sophia's. We get right. we go back to the beginning, which says that I want this in the beginning and the end of my movie. Yeah. We now have Sophia talking about how Peeping Tom is going to get her. We get the original, the first footage that we saw from the first tape, the the uh, final solution. We've seen this footage. They they start it with her saying everything that we've seen before, and they let it run. Her solution. Is because she says, "Well, you can't, you can't not blink, and you can't blah blah blah." She's decided to cut her eyelids off. Yeah. To keep her it's, from blinking. It's what she does. And, and it's interesting because she uses a hammer. She picks up a hammer, which is something that we Feldman. There's so many repet, repeated yeah. images and, and 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 things going on in here. She picks up a hammer and she, she to cut her eyelids off. She uses glass from her award. She pulls her award off the wall. And smashes it. Yeah, take glass. Well, I didn't f- notice it was her award. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. the foot. I didn't see it. The, I only saw it the second time. I didn't notice it. But she takes the award down and busts it with the hammer, pulls glass out. The footage starts to glitch up a lot, so they can cover 
not actually doing the gore shot, cuts her eyelids open and is screaming and yeah. yelling. And that's the end of the movie, right? Except for a coda. There's, yeah, there's one which, more scene. Uh, or, like Lake Mungo, there is one more bit of business at right. the end of the credits. And that's a weird thing because it's, has, it has nothing to do, as far as you know, with any of the footage you've seen before. It's security footage. Appears now, to I be... think we first see security footage of a hallway in a medical-looking institution. And then we see footage from inside one of the rooms. And it's Sophia Her with, eyelids, no, eyelids with no eyelids and being crazy. Well, what she's doing is she's staring. There's nobody in the room with her. But what's implied, and there's two ways that you can look at this, is that she beat Peeping Tom as far as her death. But she didn't get rid of him. He's stuck there the same way that he would have been stuck in the camera. Mm. She is staring open-eyed with no lids at him in front of her. It's possible that he's giving her the butterfly kisses the entire time. She is reaching out and stroking, could be his, his, his eyelashes. But she is reacting as if there is something right in front of her in a way that would be consistent with the legend. So her solution worked and didn't work. She's stuck in front of him. He is in front of her for the end of, rest of her life. You know, begs certain things like, you know, if anybody was serving her, give, bringing her food or anything, he's non-corporeal, whatever the fuck. You know, you, you don't want to drag it too far. The other interpretation could be that we have the psycho. If you wanted to go that there is no uh, peeping Tom at all, or at least not, that she's hallucinating, that she's gone insane and in, you know, snake pit fashion, believes peeping Tom is in front of her the entire time, still, <coughs> which is also horrible. Right, you know. So either way, she is acting as if Peeping Tom is in front of her. I think you're supposed to believe he is. Well, I think I think, I think there's actually even confirmation uh, in it from interview stuff or whatever. There's all that's one thing. Myers talks extensively about the film on on Reddit. He's done interviews. He did interviews on uh, podcasts. Like Gavin in the movie, he was he did a, there was a viral campaign that uh, worked to a degree because. They were seeding the idea of peeping Tom on the internet so that people might pick it up and carry it uh, the way that, um, in a more subtle way that Gavin wanted the ghost people to promote it, they put it out there on the internet and some people would, you know, to the, it got written up in a book. Yeah, I, I saw that. A, a woman who was writing a book about local legends thought it was a real local legend and he contacted her and she thought, that's brilliant. Yeah. She thought it was hilarious. Yeah. But that's that also shows kind of it proves yeah. some of the things going on in the movie and also why I thought. But yeah, it ends with it's it's a weird shot because like the end of Lake Mongo, where does this fit into the film? Is this something that is uh, uh, obtained by Eric Myers that is thrown into the film? That's a little too meta, I think. But at the same time, it doesn't work. I like it. It's a good plot point. But we should know it, should we? That are weird about it. One, she exists. She right. could be found. Right. Unless, I don't know, she's under a different name. But seriously, how much shit like that can you... How many people can you back... But Can you make disappear from, from media and whatnot? And for what reason? Her family doesn't have... What, would her, what means would her family have? They were just middle-class right. people. 
this implies that she is alive and in an institution and but this footage comes from nowhere why would security camera footage unless i guess this is courtesy of peeping tom right sending us a nice little you know fare thee well and, and it's also meta in the sense that you just like like Mongo, where you get an odd, you get that odd, not you know non-linear, yeah, placement of the, of the film that makes you think, what does this mean? Yeah, it could have been like you know films do this, and here yeah. this is. I mean, is it, is it yeah? Is it just an indulgence? Is it is it just a nod to the audience? The end of the Evil Dead remake. There is a absolutely no reason to have Bruce Campbell say groovy, other than it, it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. If you had never seen. If you didn't know what Evil Dead was based on and watching this cold, you'd go, why does it do? I guess it's a producer, which it is. But right. you know, why would a guy just say groovy at the right. end of this fucking movie? What is that? Is it is it just a, you know, a, a fan service type of thing of movies have these little right. coders and things like that? But it's interesting that both Lake Mungo and uh, Butterfly Kisses has a scene that you shouldn't be privy to. We shouldn't be seeing this shot of Alice in uh, Alice's corpse. Uh, at, at, at the lake at Lake Mungo and uh, we shouldn't be by all rights shouldn't be privy to this institutional footage I, I just it's just fa- it, it, it's, 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 it's like frustrating and fascinating all at the same time because you know it's all fiction the, I, I, don't, I know I, we've, been, we've been up a long fucking time yeah, I, think, I think what, what Butterfly Kisses does is it deconstructs the found footage genre talks about it all the things that make no sense with it throws the idea of what this would like be like if it existed in the real world while also giving you a quality found footage film yeah that's that it's it's a, it's a neat trick hmm. and the, the the patterns right because that keep getting repeated as this thing becomes a viral right it, a, a, a sadako possibly sadako like viral infection to i mean is you know it's it's peeping tom affects you know uh, morally bankrupt filmmakers, but also maybe makes them crazy. I mean, Gavin had problems, but also he watched all the tapes. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's a lot to parse the self-awareness of the film and the self-awareness of, of how these stories get told and how horror films get told and the tropes. It both elevates so many of these elements. It's like, yeah, yeah the, this is ridiculous and this is ridiculous and this is ridiculous. But it all works to make something that's really well, good. Just think of the fact that you're not a fan of jump scares. Jump scares do no, not... No, they can definitely work. Well, but I don't like when they're like basically... Well, the, the reason you don't like jump scares is, is because it's like saying, I have, I have a secret to make you cry. Really, what is it? And I punch you in the fucking nose. Yeah, yeah to me it's just somebody, it, coming, somebody sitting behind me in the theater with a, a, a paper bag and they punch it right it's gonna like, be that's, scary that's anybody can do that there's definitely ways to do better jump scares but that's the point but in, they're just in, in butterfly kisses you know we know that found footage films have jump scares he gives us a jump scare and it's satisfying in found footage films the audience is always sitting there going give me a fucking break yeah. and he gives voices to all those concerns right. in it. they they cover really well why cameras are on things because the found footage it's mostly footage that serves the purposes of these of these two documentaries. Yeah, it's funny because we they, they talk about it as a documentary with I, and I've mentioned documentary within a documentary within a doc, but really it's a documentary within a documentary. Right. Uh, it's Gavin's doing, film is implied. 
Gavin's, more than anything yeah, else. Gavin's not making a documentary. Gavin is... Gavin's more marketing his film. Yeah, in this. Marketing we see film. what he's doing for his film. We don't see him working on the film. No. We oh. forgot the fact that... The POV? That, right, that one of the, one of the things that is going to emphasize to Eric that maybe this is real yeah. is we find out from, I believe, the editor that is uh, one of the experts throughout the film... He yes, sees, somebody calls them up and says that they have found they found an anomaly. Right. If you look at Peeping Tom's eyes, this is this goes back to the jump scare. This is the big jump right. scare where Feldman is is uh, attempting to stop right. Pe- Peeping Tom and is killed. In that footage, if you look into the eye of Peeping Tom, yeah, there is a reflection. Of what would have been what the camera saw when Peeping Tom. Oh no, no, no! It's 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 it. That's what they think it is at first. Oh, I thought that that's what it is. What it is is it's Peeping Tom's point of view. Oh, it's Peeping Tom's point of view, which is which is really weird. The guy sees that there's something in Peeping in that that shot. The shot where Peeping Tom does the jump scare is a look. It's we see his face. It's not really detailed. It's muddy. It's weird, but it's the largest. It's the most up close thing, and there's enough detail that the guy while he was looking over the footage saw something in his eye that caught his attention it's the tunnel it's peeping tom's point of view on the camera at the other end of the tunnel it's it's peeping tom's sight oh it's peeping tom seeing the it's the his camera. pov he's seeing the other his s- reflection yeah, at first, they're the actually camera. saying because it looks very similar they're going oh it's they think it's that shot was put in installed they think it's that it's the iconic shot of right. peeping Tom, but it's not it's what it's film they don't you don't see filming but it's light from the camera but on the other side of the trestle okay which is really cool and and you know really just a weird bit of business you know again like like the blips and things like that. why is his eyesight in yeah. this thing i mean it doesn't make sense but it's very cool they cover the documentary angle well they cover the horror angle. He covers the horror angle well. It just really works for me on all levels. I mean, the acting on the students is a little weird. It's a little wooden. It's not convincing the way Lake Mungo is or that the, the, the way the other acts. I mean, Eric and his crew are not the greatest actors, but they come across well, yeah, as I, genuine. You didn't, I didn't watch this and think, why did the director put himself in this? Yeah. I didn't feel distracted by... No, and it add, it adds to the meta yeah. completely that he plays himself yeah. is just kind of wild, you know. Why not? I thought, when you think about it, why wouldn't you? Mm. If you were gonna, and uh, especially since what this story is about, he gets the newscasting stuff right. He gets the documentary. I mean, the film school stuff, the way Gavin is portrayed, the aspirations and the desperation. You can tell that that's all coming from Meyer's own experiences as well. He's drawing on his own film experiences, his own issues and problems, which is leads to sadness. A sad coda to this film is that um, Gavin's disillusion of his marriage and what actually happens to Eric Myers in real life. Myers was very open about his family. I think his son was autistic and... Uh, the problems he had, the emotional problems and issues he had, and last year he took his life. Yeah, there's there's a very sad. I think his last tweet. Yes. Talks about how looked... 
alone. He's never. He said felt something like ten years ago. I was tenth of September of twenty twenty one. Four years ago today, I was more frightened than I'd ever been. One year ago today, I was happier than I'd ever been. Today, I am lonelier than I have ever been. But I'm okay. I believe it's announced that he's dead on the fifteenth. Yeah, I mean, people were trying to contact. People were trying to talk him, talk to him, and one person I think on the Twitter thread thanked him for helping him out because he was feeling badly he was down he was like hey thanks for reaching he was really open with fans of the film uh on you know he had done reddit threads ask me anything threads the film really knocked me out and i was really curious to know anything about it because i like the urban law i like the fake urban legend I liked the intricacies. I wanted to know more about the movie. I was fascinated to find out that there was another hour and a half of footage. I want a director's cut. I would love to, uh, or I would love to see that extra footage because I'd be interested in knowing what the characters say and do. I mean, that's how much I was fascinated by the film and and and, and involved with it. And uh, I listened to a podcast. I uh, listened to the uh, Squaring the Strange podcast. It's a uh, yeah, skeptical podcast, and they had him on because of the film. Because of the skeptical aspects of the film, which is interesting, because yeah, we, Mungo, uh, Lake Mungo, Borderlands, and this all have a very heavy uh, aspect of questioning the concepts of the film. Of people not just going, ghosts aren't real, monsters aren't real. Oh, there's no such thing as Jason Voorhees, which you have in lots of horror movies. But actually, fundamentally questioning things about the film that, that are raised by the film. The whole thing is predicated on. The camera doesn't lie, is what uh, Gavin says. As we know, that doesn't tell the whole story. There's always context and there's always the camera, but the camera can lie, especially with computers mm. and with CGI. Constantly throughout the movie, we are being told how Gavin could have manipulated this film and the people are questioning the student film. And yeah, so I mean, he, he was on this podcast and it was a really cool interview and I'm going, and I'm like, I'm re- and then, yeah, boom, I hit yeah. it. Because I'm curious, I'm like, wow, I wonder what he's going to do next, because yeah. this film's fairly recent. And boy, did that just add something to the experience of watching the film that I did, I wish was not in there. Yeah. Because you've got several filmmakers basically following their muse, for lack of a better way of putting it, and they're, they're doomed by their, you know, artistic sensibilities and their drive and their... It's just fucking awful. Yeah, yeah, it is really sad. And it puts a, uh, it puts the film in a weird perspective, and that's the thing. There's an emotional honesty to the film, that really, really helps drive it. It's so detailed. It takes it well, takes care of so much of what you would want. The questions that you want to ask are in there. Yeah, I, 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 if anybody listens to this who hasn't actually watched the film, I mean, I hope we've done. This, I feel weird. I hope we've done justice to the. I think you have to realize that the that the way we presented it is not the way you experienced not the film. Not at all. It is the, the what we the way we presented it by going through. I think Paul's idea is super solid. If you want to do an in depth dive on this, when you watch it, the same way that Lake Mungo is 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 impressive, with all the extra work done to make this really feel like a documentary, with all the extra things that a documentary would do that they don't half ass it. This film, for whatever faults it might have here and there, he covers so much ground. The way that the film is edited, so that you really, as confusing as this might be, laying out the student film 
Gavin's story and the documentary about Gavin, the three films, for lack of a better way of putting it, never can. I don't get. I've. Ne- I was never confused. No. But the way that the film jumps between these three subjects is, is, in my opinion, immaculate. It's beautifully done. But even if the 2004 footage isn't super convincing because of some of the aspects of it, the choice of putting that in black and white is terrific. Um, Gavin's film exists ephemerally. Like I said, we don't have access to Gavin's manipulation or polishing we get that through the documentary, but this is a film about the documentary is about his doc is about his film, his documentary, which is about their documentary, and that that's that's no small trick. Ultimately, we know nobody believes Gavin, nobody believes Sophia and Feldman, except us. In that aspect, the film is incredibly lean. There doesn't seem so. to be a lot of parts that you could go. You know, we talked about. In episode 18 with Lake Mongo, there were things you think you could jettison from that jettison yeah. from that film and still basically have a good film. This doesn't have a lot of wasted stuff. No, I, I wouldn't want to lose anything. I mean, you could lose a couple of things, sure. Could you lose some shots? Yes. Could you lose some right, texture but stuff? That's... But almost everything has a reason for being in there. And they've, they talked about a director's cut. They talked about things like that. There are two extras that were made for the YouTube that are on YouTube, which I didn't... I didn't catch until today and I didn't get to watch them but there's a there's a reddit thing we can we can I think you could probably do a link to this because yeah, I'll really, link to all this on our website but there's a there's a reddit thread that an ask me anything that uh, Eric Myers did which has a lot of uh, confirmation of things that people think and and things where he basically goes oh yeah the hat was this and here's how we got Ed into the film he answers all these questions um, there's an interesting conversation about was Gavin's likability was something that they wrestled with him and one of his crew. How he wanted to make him worse, the other guy wanted to make him nicer. And they, I think there's a decent balance because he doesn't have to be redeemed as a nice. He doesn't have to become a great guy or anything like that. But there's the Reddit thread. There's two videos, which, like I said, I didn't know about until today on YouTube, that you can link to, and uh, they are fake interviews, debates of sorts, between. Eric Christopher Myers as his character in the movie Eric Christopher Myers after the events of the movie and the mother-in-law and father-in-law of Gavin and a guy who's writing a book about what ha- he wants to know what happened to Gavin he wants to solve the mystery and they are arguing I didn't get to watch any of it but I just was looking at real quick clips two half hours two different interviews or setups with this from what i can see uh eric meyer's character is he's wearing a backwards baseball cap and arguing with everyone the same way that gavin did he is being rude nasty uh, condescending in the film gave me the impression and more than one person who's seen the movie since then the impression that you set that up um i seem to recall there being a very specific moment in which Mike Jones from DC 101 says, we have somebody that my producer could get on the phone and uh, it would be great. It would be good for us. And he pointed at you and him. I very specifically, I thought it was pretty clear. No, that's not what you said a second ago. It was very clear that it wasn't gonna be good for Gavin. Wait, I'm not not done. Whether or not it was good for Gavin, the accusation right now is not that it was something that was going to benefit him. The accusation is that I set it up. 
Did I, we do okay on this? I don't know. I haven't edited it yet. Sure. But I would... Wait, I would, how are you going to edit it? Though? I, oh, my God. Because you could chop it up into three sections, and then you could actually make my, yeah. the documentary-style approach. The difficulty that we ran into with Butterfly Kisses is it's a very dense film, and out of a desire to explain what was going on, and out of a desire not to make a mistake... Yeah. It, it's a little hard. Yeah. I hope that if we've done anything, you've seen the film and you understand why we enjoyed it so much. And we were, maybe we connected some dots or raised some questions yeah. or some of the stuff didn't occur to me until we were talking about it. All three of these films reveal a lot more on a rewatch. Yeah. For me, watching them all the first time, I really enjoyed all three of them. And watching them a second time, knowing we were going to do what we did this evening... I think I don't think we could have done this unless we had recently rewatched all of these. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, I don't know if we did a little overkill on these things, but you know, I love all three of these films. I know that I will see all three of these films again sometime in my life. That's our three long deep dive podcasts in found footage. Yes, that's our uh, three in one that turned into three different episodes because these films all deserve a good going over. If you watch the movies on because you wanted to listen to the podcast or just were you know or whatever obviously if you're listening to this now you did listen but i hope you enjoyed them I hope, and i hope the episodes were interesting and we're exhausted yeah we did a crazy thing it is 5 26 in the morning yeah this was not our plan to uh talk for like 10 hours um but uh we haven't seen each other in ages yeah. we haven't done this in ages uh everything's nuts so this was a ton of fun uh, we're both a little punchy, so we should sign off. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining. And, and we'll be back soon. Yeah. My voice is going. Find the podcast online at tearthemapart.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Twitter at tearthempodcast. You can support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash teartheapartpodcast. Check out the Tear Them Apart podcast channel on YouTube for occasional live streams. You, We all saw the Blair Witch Project in the theater. Right, and we were part of enjoying the hype. Yeah. And the... I was excited about it. Yeah. We were all very excited about it. It was an event, and I was scared. I thought it was a scary movie, watching it on the big screen. Right. And we all, I remember that we left the theater and it, the entire, the veneer of the film, just the whole, the event quality, the excitement just washed away from all of us. Right. Do, do you remember what Sarah said? No. Sarah said, you guys are from the city. That's why this scared you. <laughs> There's nothing That's scary right. in this fucking movie. schmucks in the woods which is which is valid this episode is dedicated to eric christopher myers